What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about. Most of said the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have him this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. And absolutely what's happening for for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Yeah. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 37. Um, it's going to be a good conversation tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, definitely going to talk about some Shane McMahon, some WWE some AEW, CM Punk, and MJF. We got the UFC to preview and predict. 
Um, so yeah, we definitely have a, a lot to cover. So how's it going tonight, Stephen? It's going well. It's going well. Do we have a lot to talk about a whole variety of stuff. And <clears throat> before we get into it, as always, want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Unkind Esports. Make sure to go support them. Give them a follow on social media, unkindesports.com, the new website, and of course, Unkind Esports on all social media. Um, if you're a pro wrestling fan or an MMA fan, you'll fit in right really well with those guys over there at Unkind. Uh, they're wrestling fans or MMA fans. Uh, you know, keep an eye out for their Twitch. There's other revamping a lot of stuff, looking for people to play games for them. I know they're looking for Halo players especially, so definitely hit them up if you're a gamer or just go support it. Once again, Unkind Esports, thank you for being a part of the show. And, uh, and yeah, man, we got, I mean, there's a lot of stuff and you didn't even mention GCW, like two GCW yeah. shows, like the GCW Loco. Um, I mean, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week. So I didn't even also mention the secret, uh, the secret guy for tomorrow, the, yep. the big announcement, Forbidden Door, all that jazz. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And then, you know, as people kind of trickle in here, we see y'all in the chat. If you want to send a super chat, as always, we'll make sure to put it up on the screen, read it out, answer your questions. Make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already right here on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. And there's a donation link in the description, too. So if super chats aren't working or you don't want to send your money through YouTube, you can do that through the donation link down below. Works the same as super chat. You'll still get your stuff answered and read out and all that good stuff. And also... I mean, the Super Bowl's coming up. The Vikings, last time we talked on here, it yeah. looked like Jim Harbaugh was about to be <laughs> our head coach. Harbaugh. <laughs> I know, and I was, I was definitely here for it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for Kevin O'Connell, though. I think he's going to be a really, really good fit here for like the yeah. changes we need to make, especially if they get a good defensive coordinator in there with him. Uh, I, I think that they're going to be, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like I was a little bummed out about the Harbaugh thing as it was happening, but then, you know, and I'm also a Kirk Cousins fan, and I feel like this also is going to make it to where O'Connell's going to – like, they have history from Washington, so I think that he'll probably want to yeah. have Kirk at least one season. And, yeah. And, and Kirk might be willing to restructure for him. I think if we have any chance of getting him to take less money over time or whatever, like, he's the guy to convince him. I so, think the only way you really can get that done, though, is an extension. Yeah, you, for sure, 100%. It's going to have to be like, this is the guy moving forward, and then I think it could definitely happen. Yeah, I I personally want to see them give him, like, a three-year extension, like this year yeah. plus two more. and But for, like, you know, like 20 or, you know, 20-something a season versus, you know, 30-plus a season kind of thing. And – if Even if you that, could get it at 30 instead of 45, you would be in better shape. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not the best on how all those contracts work. Like I think it's 35, but it's 45 against the cap. I don't know how the difference is, is made up, but I think we owe him 35 either way, but he'll get 45 no matter what. But if yeah. we trade him, we could probably get out of there only giving him about 10. Um, yeah. It just depends. Yeah. But that said, you know, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts there. It was pretty funny seeing uh, pictures and video of Stefan Diggs right there in front of Jefferson and, and Kirk at the Pro Bowl because, yeah. like, because like they were all there and like they're doing like the skills challenges and stuff. And it was just kind of interesting, like that Kirk even made it to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, it's because there's people playing in the Super Bowl that you know would have been there instead of him, but. 
Um, Dak, oh, yeah. Dak was selected, but he turned it down. He was going to be an alternate. Um, there were a couple people that did, but the Pro Bowl's yeah, a joke. Exactly. Like, I, I don't blame them for turning it down. I think down. they should just do like a skills competition like they did and, you know, maybe a more serious one and have multi multiple ones, especially like for quarterbacks and all the other stuff, and then just call it a day. Like the, the actual game is a joke. Yeah, um, especially in a sport like football, that's like so dangerous. Like to like they, have that they, game and they maybe won't get tackle. Injured. They don't want to yeah. tackle. So what's yeah. the point of playing? Like it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, interesting. So who's your Super Bowl pick? Who you got? I mean, I gotta be biased now and go with the Rams because O'Connell's about to be our head coach. So like, yeah, I want I want fair. that I want that momentum of a Super Bowl championship coming over to Minnesota. The only thing I'm worried about, like, I really shouldn't be, but if he wins the Super Bowl, I feel like there's like a very very small chance he's just like, I'm just gonna stay. Like, we got a real dynasty building here. Like, I'm gonna like I got a good situation here, and like he just doesn't take the job with the Vikings. <laughs> but yeah, but I think I mean for. You, I mean, I think you'd be a fool to not take the head coaching job, uh, you know, but. I think it's a done deal, going. especially yeah. since that's there's no more coaching jobs available. So it's like, this is it. So if he chooses to go back, then he's just not going to be a head coach. And then when you do that you, for your future, teams are going to be worried about your commitment and all that stuff because you agreed and then you backed out. So, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's in for sure. I do um, too. I just I just get skeptical because the Vikings just you know it just when you think things are going your way like they like they aren't so post post traumatic syndrome you got going yes. on there yeah, I yeah. feel you um I don't know man with Cincinnati there's just something about Joe Burrow and the the Cincinnati Bengals that it just feels like it's going to be their destiny to win like and it's like. Joe just wakes up out of bed and just goes in there and just like he's just gonna win a Super Bowl and like smoke a cigar and go home. Like he's just he's called Joe Cool for a reason. I heard a crazy thing from Trey Wingo who said like something about when they were in the draft process and they do like something of like a way to test how someone would handle like being in like severe adversity, like a bomb is coming or whatever, like something that's really a high tense level situation. And his numbers were off the chart of like, just being completely even killed during something like that. And I I think that totally shows in football. So there's something about that dude that he just, he don't give a damn. He just goes out there, wins games and goes home. Yeah. Like if they did that same test on Kirk cousins, he would like jump out like, the the 20 story window like freaking out like you know what i mean he can't yeah that's that's the big problem with kirk is when things aren't going as planned he completely loses it out there um, well and like burrow like got sacked nine times and knocked off the number one afc team yeah you know like he he's just a different dude won a national championship with justin jefferson in college and with um uh uh freaking the jamar chase in, in college and now their teammates again in the NFL and they might win a Super Bowl together. So I mean, that's, that's pretty wild. It's very rare. And get this, Steven, on top of that, if they win the Super Bowl, they're going into next season. They're still going into next season regardless, but they've already won a Super Bowl and they're going to have $57 million in cap space. That's unreal. Wow. And they're good, so they're like, only going to go and get better. 
like people. this is just I mean, a scratch of the surface of how good they are right now. Like they're about to get way better, and a lot of guys now are going to be willing to go to Cincinnati and take less money to to play for a Super Bowl team, which would have never happened back in the day. So they're they're set for a while. The AFC is about to become really nasty. Yeah, I mean, good for the Bengals though. Like they hadn't yeah. won a playoff game in 31 years, right? So like. I mean, that's that fan I mean, base has been through hell. Yeah. One, you know, it gives hell. I've said it before, but like it gives it gives me hope, too, as a Vikings fan, where it's like the Bengals were a laughing stock a couple, yep. you know, pretty much my whole life. Maybe, yep. you know, and, and now it's like, yeah, and now it's like a couple of the right moves. You know, and that's the thing. That's the double edged sword with where the Vikings are at with Kirk, you know, and I, I this is the last I'll say about it because I, I can talk forever about this. But like, it's just. I just, I've been burned too many times by quarterbacks we thought were a future quarterback that were just so much worse than Kirk is. And like, yeah. I just, you know, it, it's almost, it's almost like uh contradictory to how I'd be in, in, in like a relationship. Like, I feel, I feel like if you're dating a girl, for instance, and you're not getting along, but you're just staying with her because it's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to do any better. Like, she's so hot, but like, we don't really have anything in common. But, like, or that so you've hot. invested so much time and effort into it to where it's like, it's got to work out, you know. Exactly. You've been together for years and right. you've got all the same friends and all this stuff. Eventually but, it's going to work. <laughs> right. And, but, but in like, in like my personal life, I would say get out of that relationship. I'd be like, you're not going to be happy long term. Just get out now before it gets worse. But when it comes to the Vikings, I'm the complete opposite because I'm like, we got to keep Kirk. Like, even though I know we could do better and our team should be better and he isn't the best we could do. He he might we could do a lot worse than Kirk like and that's and that's the thing like to, to go into like I keep hearing Malik Willis is that the the, the yeah. and but he's like still like a work in progress right he's just super athletic oh, sure. it sounds like never never even really heard of him much until the Senior Bowl and then he started to take off and he's one of the like really athletic running quarterback types but. It's like the Steelers really liked him from what I heard and watching him and stuff in practice. So, I mean, he could be good. You just never know. But then none of those quarterbacks honestly really impressed me at all during the senior bowl. Yeah. Cause I mean, he could also wind up being like, uh, like, uh, Jamarcus Russell or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, that it's just so hit or miss with those quarterbacks coming out of college with any position really, but the quarterback position is just so important, like obviously. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. There's a lot of routes the Vikings could go with the quarterback situation. Like there, there's even a scenario I don't even hate where like, if we did get rid of, of Kirk, but we, we signed on Teddy Bridgewater again for like a season or two, just to like develop another quarterback. But that's the whole problem is that quarterback behind him, like is Kel and also is Kellen Mond good? He actually might be. We just don't right. know. You know, well, just now you there. have a OC that really is gonna push him and see what he can do. So that's good. Like offensive minded head coach. So exactly. So that's good. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But yeah. I, but but I'm I'm happy I'm happy for the Bengals that they're in this position. I have a lot of friends that are Bengals fans. So like they're for like sure. it's cool to see them. It's cool to see them get this this spot and they could very well well win the Super Bowl if. If uh, Joe Burrow can stay healthy, I mean, he's going to be in this spot for a long time. So, like, I mean, I good for them. But, like I said, I'm going with the Rams because I want to see O'Connell win the Super Bowl and then come to the Vikings as as a Super Bowl champion and, like, you know, take that momentum and 
you know, get us to the next level. So I think the Rams are a better team, but I just think that Cincinnati's got something going on. They just they just find a way to win games. So I'm gonna go with Cincinnati, but I do think the Rams are a better team. Um I think we should just jump into what everybody wants to talk about. And I think the first thing that my opinion is, is let's figure out who this mystery guy is or girl tomorrow. Um, there's thoughts. This thing feels like to me that it's gotten to that point to where expectations are higher than what this actually is going to be. I don't know if this is even going to remotely live up to the hype. It could, it might surpass it. Um, I just don't know who is out there and using the forbidden door term that really would draw like huge buzz that people would be really excited about. Also, who would wrestle Isaiah Kennedy? Cassidy. Um, yeah. Cassidy, sorry. Um, right off the bat. Like that just seems kind of like a throwaway match to me for, for someone that's in a debut. Um, and I don't think it's going to be like a long drawn out match or anything. I think it'll be something real quick. And I don't know, like to me, if you're just going to make an announcement and get people excited, I don't know necessarily if they even need to wrestle, but I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts? Well, the winner gets into the re- right. like the face of the revolution ladder match too. So I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm expecting whoever this is to just squash Isaiah Cassidy. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think what you're kind of alluding to also without having, without having to say it, it's like the, the Christian announcement, right? Like that yep. was, you know, it, that was a cool announcement. And I think he's done well in the company. He's actually overperformed in my opinion, since coming to AEW. But the way that that was built was like, there was people that thought like Brock was coming. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so. Cena um, and yeah, like right. the biggest names ever. But now you're starting to see Shane McMahon, you're starting to see like people like that that is just way off of the radar. Um, what's what's some of the crazier names that you've seen people talk about? I mean, I've seen Jeff Hardy, Shane McMahon, uh, Bray Wyatt. I mean, of course, Keith Lee is the most common, but like, what's some crazy ones that you, you've seen? I mean, that's that's most of them to be honest. Like Swerve Strickland comes up. Um... He could be a like, good one. I mean, no he, offense he, to him, but I don't yeah. see Tony making a big deal out of bringing him in. He's a great signing, not no doubt about that. But I just don't even feel like Tony would be like, I have a huge announcement and it's him. Like I, I just don't see it that way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, unless they were gonna like really heavily push him right off the bat, you know what I right. mean? Like make it to where it's like. Oh, it's Swerve? Okay, like, that's cool. And then he comes out and he has this, like, huge entrance and, like, you know, kills Cassidy and, you know. But uh, Samoa Joe says Alexander Fitzgerald. I mean, it's, what, what, what I'm, what really throws me off about this whole thing is him using the forbidden door term because Keith Lee isn't technically forbidden door because, like, he's a free agent. And that's what a lot of these guys are. Like, Jeff Hardy's a free agent. But did Um, you see Tony's definition of the... the, So, I mean, to me, it's anybody. He's using the forbidden door to get hype or whatever. But because he's like, it could be a company we don't work with, like, we haven't worked with it, we're in good, like, standards with, and it could be somebody that wants to, like, shut the door on their old company or whatever. I mean, it's... It's all over the place. Yeah. 
So that like kind of eliminates certain things too, because they're in good standing with Impact unless they're trying to make it seem like they aren't, or you know, because right. they've obviously worked together. So that kind of eliminates like Josh Alexander, for instance, is someone I, I see come up a lot because uh, Brandy, Brandy mentioned him. Yeah. yeah. Um. He said that'd be hardcore. Seven says the Briscoes. I mean, they'd be a really good one, but it wouldn't make any sense for. I mean, it's Isaiah Cassidy in a, in a one-on-one match. Or you could say a double debut. Yeah, I guess. I guess you could have like Jay Briscoe go in there and win or something. But like, I mean, let's. If it's Will Ospreay, I will <laughs> lose my mind. I will absolutely. But I honestly don't think it's him at all. Like, he seems like almost kind of upset with AEW, or maybe not upset, but just like. He he respects it. I've heard him talk good things about AEW, but it's also like he enjoys being on the outside of it as well. Like he doesn't necessarily like almost like he views like AEW kind of like selling out, and he yeah. just is like fighting the good fight for New Japan. And like you know, Kenny left, but I'm still here holding the mantle. And you know, what I mean, like that's kind of the vibe I get. So I I just don't see that that happening. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it will be Osprey either. I mean, it could be Jay White, but I don't know if that's as big of a deal, really, as like because you know he's an Impact, and you see him pretty often over there, and that whole Bullet Club and Impact thing is like really has like no buzz at all. Right. Um, well, is New Japan even running a show? Good God! Yeah. Like, there's. Stuff that's happening in Chicago that looks like it could be really good, and it almost seems that it could be Osprey and Moxley in Chicago in April. Um, they have a stack card for there, and that's just like a, a new Japan card that they're doing in Chicago in April. But like, I have seen nothing in Japan, like nothing. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, and, and also with with Jay White, like they really teased that it was going to be him and Kenny and Impact, and they never did it. And I think a lot of people were like, why the hell did you even get our hopes up for that? Um, One thing about I, I was going to talk about, too, um, is uh, is uh, how, like, do you think that they've pivoted because they thought Kenny would have been back sooner? Pivot Like, pivoted how? Do you think that, like, Kenny was going to be involved with the Adam Cole stuff and then, like, that later on it was going to go to Adam Page and all that? Or do you think now that they're like, look, Kenny's not coming back? Because all of a sudden, like, instantly Adam Cole's being talked about as the number one contender and then, like, they're buying time for Hangman to feud with Lance Archer and then now Adam Cole's asking for a title shot. But it seems like, to me, like, they were kind of holding out for Kenny at that point and then now it's it's taken way longer than they expected. Yeah, I really don't know, because um, I did expect Kenny to take a lot, a lot of time off. But I mean, Me I don't too. know what, but I don't know what AEW was expecting. Because um, I it do just think seems like a pivot, it, mm-hmm. a kind of like a sudden pivot on where they were heading. Well, I mean, they're obviously eventually going to go to to Omega versus Cole, but right. I just don't think Cole's going to beat Hangman for the title. So I don't either. Um, but you can do that without the title on the line, Omega and, and Cole, and like a good storyline because you really don't need the belt for that. Um, if I had to guess who it's going to be, like my money would probably be on Keith Lee. That just seems to yeah. make the most sense. Um, I think if it was Bray Wyatt, it'd be pretty surprising because I feel like I feel like people like as much as they expect him to eventually show up, they're like it would be a pretty big surprise to do it right now. Yeah. Um 
So yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'll say it's probably. I mean, Heath Lee makes sense. He just comes out, squashes Isaiah Cassidy with a bunch yeah. of cool moves, and then he'll do a bunch of cool stuff in the ladder match, just like we saw, like when he was in NXT and he got to do cool stuff. I mean, people are saying Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's a possibility, but he's still under his non-compete. Although Tony Khan like could technically like buy him out of that, I guess. But like, I just doubt it. Or I think he can take he can opt out of it and they can give him not, not pay him out for their last three months or whatever, if he wanted to, but that has to be agreed on by the WWE. And if, if Jeff Hardy's asking to be opted out, I know exactly where he's going. You know what I mean? So I I don't know if that, that necessarily would happen. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Like with Jeff Hardy, everyone knows he's heading to AEW when he's able to. So it's almost like wasting. Remember the movie big daddy when, when Adam Sandler comes home and they waste oh, yeah, a good, no su- they, they waste a good surprise on him. Like, I just think it's all... funny that like you loved movies and now like you're done with them. Yeah. Like you had the nineties and then you're just like, yeah, they're I'm all the same thing over and over. They're all the same stories. It's over and over and over again. But yeah, but yeah. So like, but, but big daddy, it's like, uh, whoever with Jeff Hardy, it's like, You'd be wasting the good surprise on Jeff Hardy because, like, we already know Jeff Hardy's showing up. So, like, there's really no point in like hyping up this big mystery forbidden door thing when we know that Jeff Hardy's showing up eventually. Like, I, this I think is going to be used as somebody that you don't. I this mean, this is kind of this is mm-hmm. kind of off topic about Jeff Hardy, but I do find this interesting. So they offered him a spot in the WWE Hall of Fame. He turned it down because they wouldn't do the Hardy Boys. They just wanted to put Jeff Hardy in on his own. And one of the agreements was is he wanted the WWE to release his drug test to show them that he was sober. And they didn't want to do that. So this is my thing. Jeff Hardy was so miserable at that company that during a house show, he just said, the hell with it i'm done and he left in the middle of a match and walked out and they tried to blame it on him being on drugs and that doesn't look to be the case so just imagine how bad you have to be at your breaking point to be in the middle of a tag match and you're just like you know what this place sucks i just can't take it anymore i'm done (laughs) (laughs) like that is crazy to me it kind of reminds me different tone to it, but, like, it kind of reminds me of uh, John Crook. I remember him retiring. Like, like he got a single. Yeah, yeah, he got a single with the Phillies and, like, like, walked walked away. It was like, all right, I ended on a hit. Like, I'm out of here. I always thought that was cool. Like, with Jeff Hardy, he was probably just, like, looking around and, like, it really sunk into him. He's like, nobody's cheering, but, like, they keep piping this noise in and, like, like I'm a legend. Like, what am I doing here? Like, like this is this is my brother's over there having a good time, and yeah, I this is I'm out of here, <laughs> right? And, and, then, and then WWE is like, I mean, he left because he's all he, he's strung out, and we know Jeff Hardy's history, and we got to send him to rehab. And, I was, and Jeff's like, no, man, like this just sucks. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, I'm not even I'm not even high. Like, this just sucks. Right. Like, this is just so bad that I have to leave right now. Like, I can't even finish the match. I cannot even finish the match. I'm not going to stick around and celebrate. Like, I'm leaving. And it's funny, too, because McIntyre is all like, where's Hardy? He's doing the Jeff Hardy stuff, and he's looking around. He can't find him. (laughs) He just left. He didn't tell anybody. He just, like, 
got out of the ring and hopped through the crowd and was gone. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> pretty hilarious. Um, so yeah, yeah I don't know. Too. I didn't even think about that, but Jeff Hardy and Punk, like re, like that feud was pretty deep, and uh, and that would be an interesting one to kind of revisit if they wanted to go there, especially where he could be like Jeff, look what you've become. You're a drug addict, you know. Like he could really, really dig in deep there. Yeah, Punk is a heel. I mean, it, that's how it was originally too, but they could like really turn it up to the next level in AEW. I'm cool with that. Obviously, Jeff and Darby is something that we're all expecting. Yep. Yep. That'll be really good. Um, but yeah, his, his feud with Punk is underrated. Like, I remember when Punk came out with, like, Jeff's face paint on and stuff when they were feuding. And, like, that was, that was a, that was like when Jeff was the world champion, right? Like, right around yep. that time. So, yep. yeah, I better try to put my money. That down would give you the mid card title area. Like, it was the mid show. Like, they wouldn't yeah. get the big focus. And now, Raw is a nothing. Yeah, it's unreal. But if I had to if I had to put my money on it, I'd say Keith Lee tomorrow. What, what, would, what would you go with? I'm going with Keith Lee or Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe would be wild. Man, that would be cool. Especially with Danielson going into the ROH Hall of Fame and the Briscoes also. Like, Samoa Joe, I, I imagine he's going to be in that class, too. I think, I think they'll announce Joe and Punk as the other two. Are they doing a ceremony or anything, or they're just like, hey, you get a YouTube special, or, like, what are they doing? I hope they have something planned for WrestleMania weekend. That's what they should do. Like, just right. something, one of the nights of WrestleMania, similar to what they did with uh, Dave Frazak and the yeah. WWE Wrestling Hall of Fame and all that. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. It just doesn't sound like, I like, that company right now, to me, seems so disheveled, like, and, like, we're going to defend the ROH title at this show, but not this show. We're going to defend this title here and they still exist, but they don't. And we're having a show like, what are you doing for WrestleMania? You've got one match announced and then what else? Like, what are, what are your plans? I need, like the thing that frustrates me right now being that I want to go to WrestleMania weekend and I likely will go bill and his son got tickets for WrestleMania night too. So they're going to go. He's going to torture himself. Um, but I, I, there's all these shows, but not one match has been announced for any of them. Like Joey Janela's spring break, no matches. Um, the WrestleCon Super Show, they've announced the Briscoes, but no matches. Like, what do you got, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I know, like, Terminus is here soon, and maybe they can bring a bunch of that same talent from Terminus to bring of Honor because there's a lot of overlap there. I don't know. I just I'm think like, if they're going to – it, their approach should be not Ring of Honor. If you're going to do this, like, bring people that you would not – that you didn't have – like, don't don't have the Kingdom and Kenny King and PCO and all that and, and like – it basically like it's Ring of Honor, but no longer people are under contract or Ring of Honor. Like to me, if you're going to rebrand it, like make it a super indie, bring the biggest and the best and, and do it that way. Yeah, I, I think it'll be the the former, though, like what you said about I think it will be like the OGK and PCO and all that stuff, because that's who's like keeping the brand name alive and impact. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a reason they put all those guys together in that group. So, like, they're still, like, representing Ring of Honor and everything. But 
I I think there's a reason why they went out of business too. Like I I think that they they did not move the needle and they need to have something more than that. It's just not enough. And like you can look at ticket sales right now and they're not even close to selling that show. And they're in a they're they're basically cutting the arena in half to even sell what they have. And like you need some buzz. They need FTR and the Briscoes is what they need. Like they need something to really get people excited to go to that show. Yeah. Yeah, they if you don't, do. there's plenty of competition out there. Like, I could go to Gringo Loco's Lucha show, or I could go to New Japan's Strong Show for WrestleCon, or I could go to Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Like, which which one is going to be? You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm going Gringo Loco's show if I have to pick between those three. The only thing that's tough for me is, like, I've seen so much of the Lucha guys at Loco, so I kind of want to see something new. But, like, if he really stacks it, it's going to be tough to turn down. Yeah. But also, shout out to Nick Gage getting that GCW contract. Right. That's, yeah. that's badass. Because we've been talking about that on this show uh, quite a bit before where, like, you've seen him live. I've seen him live, too, but you saw him more recently and like how just beat up his body was and how it took him like two hours to like, you know, get ready in the locker room afterwards for you to meet him. And like yeah. it's kind of the shape he was in. And it's good to know that GCW set this up to where basically they're paying him enough money now to be exclusive to them that I'm sure he'll still pop up for the occasional indie, but now he doesn't have to rely on doing all these other shows in between GCW. Now he can just focus on just doing GCW and, and making a living on that, which it sounds like they're just going to do it – it sounds like Brett's saying that's the only contract they're ever going to do. And I think yeah. it's mainly just for the, the health of Nick Gage, like, so they can keep – I don't want to say using – I mean, I don't mean it in a, in a bad way, but, like, they, so they keep using him. Because, like, he's only, he's only got so many miles left on, on him, and, like, you're going to run him right into the ground if he's out there doing indies in between GCW shows consistently. Like you got to lock him down for your, for your big GCW stuff, keep him mentally and physically as healthy as you possibly can. And you got to keep him as the, the face of your company. I mean, he, he's the most popular guy they have still. So it's like, they're, I, I think it was really cool. That they gave him that contract. Yeah. Um, it makes me kind of wonder though, like what has been going on behind the scenes because he was out for that long period of time he seemed upset. He was talking about not even being part of the show. Then he was part of the show. And then it's like shortly after that, he hasn't made an appearance or anything. I mean, they haven't done really anything, so it's no big deal. But like then they announce a contract. So it makes me wonder if they were kind of like like maybe Nick like approached them about a contract and they were like, no, we're not doing that. This is GCW. We don't do contracts. And like they worked it out or something. But I kind of feel like that there was something there from that long period of time to where they like work something out. But I, I, I'm glad they worked something out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was, I'm glad that he, he wound up at the end of the day. I'm just glad he wound up getting a contract. So he doesn't have to just keep killing himself out there in between. So your GCW guess shows. during the collective kind of seeing where we're at, like, what do you think will be the Ricky? Ricky Shane Page or whatever versus Nick Gage match. Like, what do you think will be the big match? I think, I hope it's Moxley defending against AJ Gray. Yeah, I thought of that too. I mean, he won the brass ring. He gets a title shot. AJ, that is. Um, everyone saw it on the same show, this big GCW Hammerstein show. Beginning of the show, AJ wins the ladder match. You know, 
world title match, you see Moxley beat Homicide to retain. So, like, even if all those fans only watched, you know, Hammerstein and then their next GCW show is is the WrestleMania weekend, like, they at least have an idea of what's going on if they do those things. So that's probably what I'd go with. Or they might... I mean, if I've been saying it forever, but if they're gonna finally go all the way with Atticus, like that'd be a good place to do it. But I think that AJ needs needs to get the title first, personally. Yeah, Atticus is starting to gain some momentum though, so that yeah. that could happen too. That is an interesting point. I mean, I'm all about it. Like, I you know, I I I, I like AJ more all around, but I think that Atticus. Because he was he was always like the sidekick of, of RSP and like RSP has been nowhere to be found in GCW in a while, which I think is that's that's strange to me. Like the company was built around him for like almost two years straight, and now he's not even he wasn't even at Hammerstein. So like I don't know what's up with that, or if he's like heading to AEW think, or. Do you think though, because he said he's no longer doing death matches, that they kind of just moved on separate ways because. I, would GCW accept him without death matches? Yeah, yeah, they would. That, that's okay. where I get confused about it because he doesn't have to do death matches to be over in GCW. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know because he's wrestling all over the place still. I'm um, just not yeah. there. So, but Atticus, it would make it would make a lot of sense story wise if like they tied that all in where like RSP lost the title, like he dropped the ball for four four zero last year. And yeah. Gage got the belt back, and now Atticus is the one who's got to get the belt back for four four zero this year. Like I, I like that story, but I also love the idea of AJ Gray finally winning back to because he was the champion for like ten minutes. AJ Gray years ago, he's the one who lost it to RSP, but he that was right after he beat Gage for it. So like, so um, AJ Gray has been kind of owed a chance at that world title now for like over, I mean, we're getting close to around three years or so now, uh, probably. So like, you know, he's super over, like, and, you know, I, I, I think that AJ would be a great world champion for GCW personally. So I'd go with either one of those two. I'd go with either AJ Gray or Atticus Kogar uh, to beat John Moxley. I think Moxley needs to lose the title at, at WrestleMania weekend and put someone, put someone over big time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking, I, I, I feel like Effie definitely has to be involved too. Cause yes, he lost to Jarrett, but I mean, it kind of feels like to me, him and Jarrett could run it back, something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious, like what would be their big match draws that they would, they would bring in. Yeah. So like Gage and Tremont as the tag champs, though, I'm sure they'll bring in a, like a top, a top tag team. Or it might even be SGC, like uh, now that Mance looks like he's going to be back soon and everything. Yeah, because they never really did that. They did the, the SGC loss to the Briscoes, so that would make sense if they did SGC. Yeah. So there's a lot of good options. I mean, yeah. you have the chance of, uh, you know, other AEW wrestlers potentially doing something. Like, if they could get, like, Danielson or, or Punk or, like, one of those guys for GCW for one night over WrestleMania weekend, that'd be huge. It'd be huge. I don't see it, but it would be huge. You just never, you never know, though. I mean, they're now under all the same umbrella, so it could happen, but you never know. Yeah. It, it, depends depends on on the, it does, yeah. And on the flip side, like, I don't want any of those guys, like, taking a spot from someone who's a GCW regular that's, like, really earned their place on a GCW WrestleMania show. But there are some exceptions to that, obviously. Like, if you can get a Punk or a Danielson, you, you'd 
do that. But, um, but I also want that to be more of a GCW show than what we saw at Hammerstein, where that was more of like a, an ECW one night stand type vibe than like a GCW. Like what we got this past I, weekend was way more that was GCW, GCW than, yeah, totally yeah, than GCW. Yeah. Like I thought the same thing. I was like, that was a better show. Like both those shows to me were yeah. better than the Hammerstein show, especially like the, the Dallas show was off the chain. I love the, I, I need to go to that venue. I want to go to that venue. Cause I mean, it's so much better than that crap hole in Houston. Um, but I, I did think it was dope too. That it's just part of their like you're seeing Gringo Loco and the steam is coming out because it's so cold in that building and those dudes are still going, you know, at it. I ate sixty bucks. I didn't go to the show, so I had front row tickets. Didn't go to the show because um, we were there last time for Loco and it was really cold and it 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 got brutal and I can only imagine what it was like there because it was even colder that night. Um, so yeah, we we passed on it. I'm an old man now, man. I just mm-hmm. I, I don't have it in me like I used to. And I'm like warm and toasty watching it on pay per view in my house, and just like yeah, I made the right decision. I don't care. Uh, and it's one thing too if like you've never seen those guys before, but like the only people I haven't seen live like actually wrestle that I missed was like Jordan Oliver and Blake Christian and Grandma Talit. It's pretty much it. All the rest I've seen wrestle live. So um, I was really happy that Chris Carter got a main event spot. I've been putting him over forever. Um, I honestly honestly think he can do more. Like, I thought he was going to jump off the cage for sure because he's a guy that will jump off the building. I'm not kidding. Like, he's crazy. So I I really thought that he was going to do more. I just saw that Brian Keith got booked for Atlantic City GCW, so I'm really happy for him for that. I hope they use him a lot more. I know he'll get used for for the culture, um, but I'm I'm a big Brian Keith fan. I love I love when his music hits. It's just dope. It just it, it's a different vibe, especially in Houston. Um, but yeah, they were both really good shows. I thought Joey Janela had a really good performance, blood and everything. Um, I don't know a damn thing about Dr. Wagner Jr. And I don't really care. And I don't really care his feud with Psycho Clown. But I heard, you know, it was a big part of AAA. And now they're doing that in GCW, like in a rematch type thing in the future, which I'm probably going to guess is going to be on the Gringo Loco show, in in my opinion. But um I thought that was interesting as well. But, yeah, and, and Gringo Loco really shined this weekend as well. Yeah, jumped off the, the field goal post. That was yep. sick. Um, yeah, the that's the whole thing is Psycho Clown beat Wagner Jr. to, to make Wagner Jr. unmask. And right. now it's Wagner Jr.'s hair versus Psycho Clown's mask. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole thing. If I'm being completely honest, like, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think those guys are good, but they're really more. I don't have the same kind of connection to AAA than that. A lot of these fans that are super into Psycho Clown and when Wagner Jr. do, I respect well, the guys. They, they they've been around forever, especially in Texas, because like there's just a big lucha fan base in Texas, and so like to do that there it means a lot to, to have those guys there. So I understand it. And, and, and like I said, for WrestleMania weekend, I think it'll be cool, but yeah, it was, uh, 
But that Psycho Clown match, I mean, it was good. It was oh, yeah. it got it got pretty crazy. So I give him credit. Oh yeah, there was. I mean, there were some really good matches over the weekend. Um, for instance, like uh, on the second night, the uh, the tag match with Ninja Mac and Dante Leon versus Nick Wade and Jordan Oliver was awesome. Yeah. Um, Speedball Mike Bailey and Jimmy Lloyd ruled. Like. I, I, do you see I, that? Do you see they're gonna do Mike Bailey and Ninja Mac in uh, yeah. L.A. Dude, I love that dude. Mike Bailey, I, I awesome. really like Mike Bailey a lot. Um, and I love Jimmy Lloyd; he's, he's the best. Um, <laughs> dude, your attitude towards him has changed. Completely so much. changed. Completely changed. <laughs> I've one eighty completely on that guy. Yeah. Um, there was some really good stuff though on that show. Um, and then also on on uh, the Loco show, the GCW Loco. You have a new loco champion, Doug. Um, son of a bitch. I'm so duh, whatever. And like, oh <laughs> man, get, so. I, I like I, I I get it though. Like I I like Sam Stackhouse, but he he he's he looks like he has a very very hard time moving around. Um, he's four hundred and fifty pounds. Like yeah, he's huge. Look, he's he's a super nice guy. He's um he's over in the venue every time he wrestles. But it's because he's a special attraction type match. Not the champion. Not the guy. He's not the guy to carry a company. And I mean, it's, I'm not saying Loco's a company, but like when I'm buying a ticket and I know Dante Leone has to defend his title, I'm getting a banger. Like that's what Dante Leone does. Stackhouse is a freaking, uh, flying spin kick and a kick in the corner and a moonsault and everybody pops at it every single time even though he does it every single match and and you know thank god he got new gear right now you know because for whatever reason they love to rip his shirt off and have him all of him out and it's you know not appeasing to the eye and now he's got, you know, gear, so he looks more of a, a wrestler. But, man, no, I'm not happy about that at all. Wait, and can, then, you, like, can I, you agree? Like, his match with Dante Leone was really good, I thought. No, it was good. It was good. But but what worried me, but, but, like, honestly, his match with Mysterious Q is one of the best matches he's ever had. And it was at a Loco show, and it was really good. Like, Stackhouse, because, you're talking about? Because, yeah, because Q picked him up on his shoulders and threw him. You know, like Stackhouse, he like got him to where he was. He was gonna do the moonsault, and Q picked him up from the top turnbuckle and flipped him over. And yeah, and a huge pop, right? But man, Stackhouse, no, no, no. And like High Mage is like, yeah, dog, it's fire, Stackhouse. Like, no. And then I go to you know see the the chat because we're all part of like a wrestling fan group for Loco. And people are like, dude, Jaime, when you bring in midgets, like what? Like <laughs> this is the request that we're getting. And then Jaime gets all the comments and he's like, dog, I'm looking at all these, all these uh, comments here and y'all saying you want midgets. I'm going to bring y'all midgets, dog, for real. Like what? So Stackhouse is the champion and we're going to have midgets. Like, how am I going to sell that to Bill? Like this is the problem. I, I need I need someone to go with me to these shows. I need a ride, and this is what I'm be like. So what's on the card? Mm. We got Stackhouse defending the title. He's like, Ugh. we got you know my special request 
<laughs> little people wrestling. Like I didn't use that word. I'm just saying people were saying that's what they want. Like, oh yeah. man. And I know that like small people are part of like lucha and so whatever. But like that's like when he's like, "What you guys want in, in loco?" And this is what you come up with. This is this is the the dying desire to see. That's the best part about this to me is no one, no one but me and you in the chat probably know who Jaime is. Oh man, so, so, that's exactly what he is too, dude. He's high twenty four seven, and yeah. he's just like, dog, dude. I'm gonna bring y'all that then. If that's what y'all want, you know. It's like, oh man, okay. Oh, well, that all said, I think what I think. So here's how I feel about Stackhouse as the Loco Champion. Talent-wise, he's one of the least talented overall people that they they have consistently. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. This but, is making me feel way better. Thank you, Stephen. But but what I but well, where I think they're gonna go with this is because, like you said, he, I, I gotta say, like his match with Dante, I thought was a really really good match. Like I really enjoyed it. I, like, I'll say this: I've never been to a Stackhouse match and thought the match sucked. I will say that. Right, I mean, but it's just, there's the little things, right, where, like, he's trying to climb up to the ropes, and, like, it's taking forever because, like, he's, like, he can't hold himself on the ropes and stuff because the ropes are giving out, and Mm -hmm. or he just misses completely and has to, like, readjust, and it takes a long time. But then the crowd always pops massive for that. He he does it Bigelow style, too, where it's, like, to the side, you know? Side, yeah. But, like, I think that they'll... Here's what's interesting about him and Loco. As the champion. I'm not saying this is good or bad. It's just interesting. He's a baby face. And like, I feel like his, as the champion, if you're that size, you want to be a heel champion because yeah. the whole story is who can possibly beat this dude who's so much bigger than us. Right. So what's he going to do? Squash or beat just a bunch of heels that like, and he's, he was just, he's just, just one of those, he's just one of those guys too that's like, oh shucks, thanks guys, I love y'all, this is great, he's from Oklahoma. We've been wrestling and, for like two decades, and you're like, nobody and like, knew. Yeah. And he like, smokes weed in the match, like, yeah. you know, like, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different. Definitely gets cool I mean, points for the week. You, Definitely gets you've cool. got you've got Chris Carter. You've got you know if Ninja Mac wasn't going to Japan for crying out loud and give that kid the title, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot like ASF. Just anybody, you know, like Stackhouse. Eh. Well, that's and what's interesting look, is I think all the guys you mentioned are going to lose to Stackhouse, it's, but it's going to yeah. be like he's so much bigger than ASF that like that's why he's going to win. But he's a baby face, and so is ASF, which can work. It's just, it's just a definitely a different approach to it for sure. Oh, and Lowrider said that he's going to book him against somebody that's a former WWE guy. The next show they have, so that's where we'll be at. Scotty Chuhati. Oh God, Scotty Chuhati versus Stackhouse. That's so loco. It is so loco <laughs> if they do that. Like, there'll be, like, these amazing matches, and then there'll be these most head-scratching matches, too. And that's why it's loco. It's there's it's crazy. So, 
I loved in uh, on the Loco show too how I mean it sucked that there was travel issues and stuff for people to come in, but how they just made the main event like on a whim. It was a steel cage death match. Like it, that wasn't advertised as a steel cage match or anything. And dude, that steel cage like when they start when when Brett was like, "Oh, we're putting in a steel cage," I was like, "Oh God, intermission's about to oh, be twenty minutes because it, it took takes like a half hour forever." Yeah. They yeah. put it piece by piece. So it's not like just something that comes down in the WWE, right? And they have to like get everybody to tie it down. And then not only that, how about Emil having to wait for introductions because they have to tape the mat because it's constantly got holes in it. Like, damn, put some money into the Premier Arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but, for sure. But, but, but it was it was a good show and and like dude that main event was crazy when they all went hard on those light tubes over and over and it was just like consecutive like that was wild. But it was cool, you know, because like you said, Chris Carter got to jump in. He literally jumped over, yeah, like, over the cage and went in. Jimmy Lloyd was yeah, the first Spider Man moment. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Lloyd was the first uh, like surprise because Sadika made the show, so it was supposed to be Sadika and Tremont. Well, when, I, when it was Sadika and Jimmy Lloyd, I was like, "Oh, this is about to be crazy." Yeah, because I'm telling y'all, like, do not look at Sadika like she's just you know not a, oh she's just a woman she can't that chick is a badass and she will mess up anybody that goes in there with her. Like, if you're gonna face Sadika, she will hurt you. The only time like. I've never seen anybody not face Sadika and not get jacked up. Like every single person that goes in there against Sadika gets jacked up. Effie's whole back was all cut up. Nick Gage literally had barbed wire in his back sticking out, cut up. Um, you saw what happened to a bunch of them in, in the main event. Like it, her and Tremont would have been nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then Atticus won the match. So I mean, they're just they're really pushing him, which I which I like a lot. And I love the promo <laughs> that Atticus cut too about he's like it's thirty degrees out here <laughs> inside. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that was pretty much a good good uh amount on the GCW stuff. Two really really good shows. I'd recommend watching those on Fight TV if you're watching this and. You want to watch I know a couple wrestling. of guys that I met at Double or Nothing. Um, shout out to Adam and Ruben that met at Double or Nothing 2019. They live in Corpus Christi, Texas. They come down. And, and not only that, th there was rumors that we were going to have ice roads. And the reason that it's crazy in Texas is they don't salt the roads here. Right, yeah. You're just on your own. Good luck. So if it freezes over... We don't have snow scrapers. We don't have salted roads. We don't have any of that stuff. So it's just dangerous. But they drove from Corpus Christi to Houston, then went to Dallas for GCW, then drove back to Corpus Christi that weekend. Wow. So they went to both shows, and they do that a lot. They go to Loco pretty much every single time, and uh, they're going to Mania Weekend. And I mean, they're, they're hardcore. Props to them. Yeah, good for those guys supporting the brand, big time. I mean, I think I think Adam bought like a hundred dollars worth of merch from Psycho Clown. He bought a shirt, wow. he got an autograph, and he bought a mask. Well, that just proves the whole point of like, even if we're not the biggest Psycho Clown fans in the world, like there are a lot of people that are super stoked to see him in GCW. So that's yes, yeah, that's awesome. And like and I, I said, I, I don't I don't dislike him at all. I just 
I just I I've, I've known of him for a long time, and like the matches he's he's having have been very good. It's just, you know, I I just don't have the same connection that a lot of people do to him. I think a lot of it too is about like just the rarity of getting to see certain guys. Like yeah. you see them in triple in A and you never thought you'd get to see them. And then all of a sudden they book them and it's like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think part of that's there. Shout out to hook for joining the chat. He's facing Daniel Garcia, the submission mm-hmm. match on dynamite. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the real yeah. hook. Everyone. Yep. There you go. That was the real hook. You would lose your <laughs> mind. I would lose my mind. Uh, that's funny. But, um, yeah, solid weekend. Um, I guess, oh, let's, let's talk about CM Punk and MJF. So they went through with what you wanted. Yep. MJF won. Did, were you happy with it? Did, was it everything you thought it would be? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I loved it. I would have been fine with them ending the match on the rear naked show with the, yeah, so, so that that's kind of weird to me because it really felt like they were going with like the I don't want a job, let's get some crazy finishes going. So like technically, like you did beat me, but we had to restart the match so the babyface could win type thing, and he lost twice. So that's that's interesting. I mean. The, it, one one thing to lose once, but to lose twice. And MJF is the type of guy, and he keeps bringing it up, that he's going to constantly bring that up, that I beat you in your hometown twice in one night. Like, that is going to happen. So Two, two times in the second city. Awesome. Right. <laughs> so, but my question is, where do you go from here? Do you completely cut that off and on to the next, or... Are we face? Are we having a gimmick match at the pay per view where CM Punk is going to win? I don't know. I'm not sure because I don't think it's completely over, but it might be for a while. It just depends on the timeline of of the world title because I have to imagine that it'll be Hangman and Adam Cole at the pay per view, and Hangman will retain. But then I think that maybe as soon as the next pay per view is when they put the title on MJF, and I think that. If and when MJF becomes the world champion, he could potentially maybe lose that title to CM Punk, and maybe that's where the Wardlow turn happens or something. I don't know because they have to. Here's the thing: the the big wild card with the whole thing that it has to do with MJF right now is Wardlow, because whenever they turn Wardlow on on MJF or however they do it, when that split happens, Wardlow really needs to beat MJF to like establish this long term thing. But but he can't he should not win the world title when he beats MJF. So like I'm thinking a scenario where MJF maybe loses the title to CM Punk and Wardlow costs him. So we still get Wardlow versus MJF. And that way like Punk uh, Punk beats MJF, like that thing gets wrapped up, and then Wardlow can go on to, to wrestle MJF, but the, the world title isn't on the line. Um I don't know. Well, in a perfect world, MJF be the world champion for like over a year for me. Like, I want to see a long reign. I just, I just don't know how they're going to do it with, with the world title. But here's the, here's the other thing about Wednesday. If <laughs> I loved how the MJF used the the wrist tape, you know, to choke out Punk yeah. and everything. Yeah. But I really, really, really hope he talks shit. I really hope he talks shit about how he put away 
CM Punk with a rear naked choke better than Mickey Gall could. Oh, wow. Like, like uh. because it's the same move, man. It's the same move. Yeah. But... But I, but I also think that they totally did the double, the double, um, win for MJF because I, myself and you and everybody, when we saw them restart the match, we all defaulted to, oh, well, this is a way that they can have them both win without either guy really losing. So I they, call it, I call it the Hogan finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's a really good point. But, but that, but that's, you know, but they didn't. They, they stuck with MJF and, um, all these things are going to happen. We'll be we well see MJF and CM Punk wrestle each other again at some point. We will see Wardlow and MJF for sure. Like, it's just a matter of like the the timeline they do this. So as far as the pay per view, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did Punk and MJF again at the pay per view. But yeah, they don't necessarily have to either. So I don't. They didn't have to really do. Jericho and MJF either at the pay-per-view when they did. You remember yeah. that? Where it was yeah, like yeah. like built it up in Houston, this whole big thing. Jericho loses. He's leaving all depressed. I'm thinking his career's like close to wrapping up. And then it's like he puts his career on the line one more time and he beats MJF. And like what what good did that do anybody? Like I, I don't really see why they did that. Like if if MJF would have just beat Jericho and then Jericho would have just went away for a couple of months and then came back and and started feuding with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and whatever else, or, you know, have an inner circle beef or whatever. Like to me, that would have been fine. I, I don't see why you had to make that a pay-per-view match and then have Jericho go over MJF. Just like, like to me, that's a Hogan finish. That's a, that don't work for me, brother type. Finish, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I will say this, guys, real quick. There are 30 people in here right now. If you haven't, please smash that like button. Also, if you want to support the channel, please submit Super Chats. Help us out, and we'll answer your questions. Um, speaking of Super Chats, we did get one from Chris Warden. Said $10 Super Chat. Appreciate it, Chris. Hey, guys, with AEW's ratings staying roughly the same since moving TBS, do you think they can do anything to grow ratings significantly, or do the days of wrestling doing huge ratings over? Um so this is what I've been thinking, too, and I'm having a really hard time with, like, I'm almost at the point where I really don't think the card matters. What ratings to me matter is, do you have an appointment to take your kid at? Do you have to take your kid to the doctor's office? Not doctor's but, like, to taekwondo class or basketball or whatever? Do you have to cook dinner that night? Do You, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just about like because we can watch this at any time now. We don't have to watch it live. So it's just are you catching people all at the right time that are to actually tune in live? And yes, maybe if you brought in something that really like sparked people's interest, like CM Punk coming back to wrestling or something like that, then people are going to go out of their way to make sure that they catch the show. But I really don't think – I think you could stack the show week after week after week, and it's going to be inconsistent. It's going to be 1.2 to 957,000 the next week to 1.1 1. 1 to 920 to – you know, like it's just going to fluctuate. I don't know if you can ever just get to where you're just solidly hitting this number every single time, and if you stack a big show, it's guaranteed to do this big of a rating. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um 
the the alarming thing and the thing that I the only the only thing that it, when it comes to ratings right now that I would even pay attention to to be honest is if there's like a gigantic drop like right. you know which isn't the case for AEW um and has been the case over time for the WWE and like that that's why I think the WWE ratings are like their ratings are important because it's like you know, I know it was a long time ago, but at one point there was like 10 million people a week watching or on Mondays watching wrestling, you know, between WCW and, and WWF and all that stuff. And and now WWE is like happy with like a 1.5 rating. So it's like, you know, it's it's just it's hard. It's hard to really gauge. And like you said, there you don't have to watch live. and There's other ways to watch it. And, you know, what, something I think is interesting. Like here, here's an example of ratings that I'm interested to see. When AEW has to do Rampage at 7 p.m. because of uh, whatever's whatever playoffs or whatever's going on, um, yeah, that I'm interested in because if they get right. significantly more people watching at 7 p.m. than 10 p.m., they should they should make that a permanent move, right? You know? But like when it comes to AEW on TBS for Dynamite, the what it looks like to me is basically just like everyone was watching on TNT just turns on TBS now. Like yeah. they haven't, you yeah. know, they haven't really lost any viewers. And I do think that they'll gain viewership. We just have to keep in mind that the company has only existed for like two and a half years or whatever. And there's a lot of people out there that just don't even don't even know that AEW is a thing, you know, or or, yeah. or lapsed wrestling fans or whatever. But to, to to also answer your question, Chris, I do think the the days of, of them doing huge ratings in like the, the traditional sense, like the Nielsen and stuff like those days are over. I don't, I don't see it ever being a thing where wrestling is getting, you know, 8 million people watching one show um, on one night kind of thing ever again. Or, or if they are, it's like they're watching it in different ways that like aren't getting picked up on, on boxes either way. I mean like young people now are like on TikTok and playing Xbox and PlayStation and like, like back in the day, Nitro and, and all that, like, I would just be able to play a system. I couldn't get online and play multiple games and play people online. And, like, there's just so many options. And if you're not happy with the WWE, you can watch, you know, independent wrestling. You can watch um, GCW. You can watch New Japan and all this other stuff. Like, there's just – there's so many different options I feel like wrestling is still prevalent. I feel like people still watch wrestling. It's just not all in one big thing. One thing that really did spark my attention, though, I didn't expect the whole Danielson, like, Moxley, we should team up thing. I like it. And I like it. And what I think they should do is find themselves a third man. We're going full NWO, (laughs) but, like, we're going to be the generation that is tired of these fake pussy wrestlers that are going out there that aren't respecting the craft. They attack the Orange Cassidy's, the Dan Housens, the, you know, whoever, even like a Dante, like that they don't like that he's a high flyer, like learn the craft. And I'm not saying these guys are terrible, but I'm saying based off the promo that Brian Danielson was cutting, you know, they attack the dinosaur any of these silly gimmicks. And I just think if they had like a big third man, which could be like a CM Punk, possibly a Samoa Joe, whatever, I think it could get some buzz. I think it could get some real buzz as a faction and and in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I'm cool with any of these stories that are going to come out of this, but what I what I expect to happen, or I guess my prediction, is that Daniels. This will lead to Danielson versus Moxley, but Danielson will get his own stable like this. So, like, I don't think Moxley's going to necessarily be a part of it. I think I think the two of them will fight. I'm with you. I'm Um, with you. So I think we'll get a scenario where like. I mean, they might tease it for a minute, like they're going to work together or whatever. I don't know how, how long they, they play it out for. But at the end of the day, I think we'll get Brian Danielson, Lee Moriarty, uh, Daniel Garcia, and Wheeler Yuta probably as like, if I had to pick guys at the top of my head, like that would probably be Danielson's group. And then, I, and I'm sure this is already in the works because there's been seeds planted for this for quite a while. If they get access to Gresham and the foundation, like that's, that's where the money is for this whole thing right now is like, if you have Gresham and hot sauce, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus and like those dudes from ring of honor and they're fighting over who, who represents pure wrestling. Like that's, that's an amazing story in my opinion, because the story would be great, but then like all the matches you would get from all the combinations of those guys I just mentioned, like those would be just classics. So and, and at the end of the day, you get Gresham versus Danielson, which both guys in the entire wrestling world want. So like that that's that's kind of where where my head's at with it. And if you can't do that or you don't want to do that exact thing, I would have Gresham come in and join Danielson and be a part of of that group. Yeah, I'm thinking more NWO for me. So I want like WWE Invader type storyline to where it's like this is second rate garbage and we're here to clean up professional wrestling and bring <laughs> superstars back and and all that and i feel like that that could get real heat but also huge support and it would be that nwo vibe of a mix but i feel like you have to really have a big third man like hogan was to the nwo like it, and if it's it, like it, Listen, can I, can I do a pitch real quick for Cena? Okay. So Cena is in Peacemaker, which is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really good. And it's so not Cena. Like, it's heavy R. It's Cena banging chicks and saying a bunch of crazy stuff and blowing people's brains out. And, I mean, he is he is heavy R. But he's still, like, a kind of, like, an innocent, nice guy. It's It's a weird story, but... Anyways, that's a lot of work with Turner here, okay? So we have him on Wipeout. He's on HBO Max. We have him on with Peacemaker. There's At some point, Turner's got to be like, look, we want you a part of our wrestling show. And if you're going to do it, like this is the same thing that happened with Hogan. This is literally the same thing that happened. Hogan was filming Thunder in Paradise. Eric Bischoff approached him and thought they had no chance. And then all of a sudden they realized that they had a chance and, and came to a deal. And dude, if you could get Cena to be the third man, like, holy crap, I feel like the buzz would be unbelievable. That would be the coolest thing that's ever happened in wrestling history. If John John Cena came to AEW, that would be Oh my God. And then, like, you have Brian Danielson and Moxley and CM Punk all together in, like, one group. Holy crap. You want to talk about over versus, like, the elite? That is what changes the business. That is what makes this more than just a wrestling company. 
Yeah, and they got a few other guys like Jericho and stuff that would fit in with that too. Like the Agreed. guys that spent a lot of time in, in sports entertainment and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea. I think they'll go more towards like the the pure wrestling thing. But I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But but I but I, but but I, I mean, <clears throat> if they have an opportunity though, I would. I mean, obviously, if they could do some sort of group that was Samoa Joe, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson, like. That you know, we talked about that before Punk ever even showed up as like yep. how badass something like like that would be. Like I would, I would absolutely love something like that. So, and the, the the good thing is all these options. Like I'm good with literally everything we're saying right now. Like I would be happy with all of these different things happening. So yeah, um, I would I would also kind of like a a young group that like under Brian Danielson's wing. Um, especially if like it really like promotes them and gets them higher up on the card and everything. I just find it hard that they would be able to do it just because they just don't dedicate a ton of time to one thing. That's my biggest thing. It would just be so scattered. And I think it would be hard to really like, like think about like when they had the inner circle, they were like on every single week. Every yeah. single week, and they were a constant focus, and it, you know what I mean? And I, I just don't see them doing that now because the roster is so much bigger. So that that's the only issue I have with it. But They they could do something like each week, though. It's like a like a Dragon Dojo segment where, like, right. it's Danielson, like, teaching those guys. You know what I mean? Like, or something like that. And, and another thing, I talked about this with Jeremy on the spotlight last week a bit, too. And when – when you really look at it, the guy, the the specific guys that Danielson brought up, not only were the guys that I've been like saying, like if they did something like this, these are the guys I'd want, but it makes total sense because like in AEW, like Daniel Garcia doesn't fit in with 2.0. Wheeler Yuta doesn't really fit in with the best friends. Uh, Dan, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, Lee Moriarty is just kind of like, is kind of doing his thing like on I AEW agree. Dark. And I think that's probably calculated where they're like, let's get them exposure. Let's get people, you know, to know who Daniel Garcia is and to know who Wheeler Yuta is and get them on TV and do do something so they get exposure. But like they're, they'd be the easiest ones if you're Danielson in a storyline to, you know, to go up to Daniel Garcia and be like, you know, Daniel Garcia, like, what are you doing hanging around these 2.0 goofs? Like you can be the next American dragon. Just let me show you how to be the best you that you can be right kind of thing. And like, and he could be like, yeah, what am I doing with these guys? Like, I want to, I want to go with you. Like, you know, like we are you the same kind of thing. Like, do you want to keep getting made fun of by these guys and like have Trent constantly threatening you and stuff? Or do you want to kick Trent's ass? Like I can teach you how to do that. Just come with our team. Like there's, so I, th- I think well, it's easy fun- for him to cherry pick those guys. The funny thing is, is like, to me, I love the fact that Brian Danielson's heel because I truly believe this is how he feels. Like, I feel like he goes backstage and he's like, we have a dinosaur? Like, what do you do? Oh, that's your gimmick. You're a dinosaur. That is stupid. And then, like, goes up to Sammy and it's like, oh, so you just vlog all day. That's okay. Great. Our future in young people is is set. This is why we are where we are right now. You know, like, I feel like that's how he really feels. And he's able to say that now. So I I really think like a heel faction would be and like a a leader that is like really like mean spirited 
that's like we don't accept this mediocrity we you know what i mean like like almost like a, a john crease from cobra kai yeah. type like just something that he doesn't have to be that harsh but just brutal truth you know what i mean but if he did something like that i talked about this with jeremy too the idea of like if moxley was in this group it'd be perfect if you're doing these like dojo segments where like Danielson's trying to teach Garcia like a certain leg lock or something. Like Garcia yeah. keeps screwing it up. So Moxley's like disciplining him by like hitting him in the back with like light tubes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, I can just see him just like saying screw it and just gives him like the DDT and just walks away. Like yeah. he's worthless. Let's move like, on next, Mo- next week. And, and Moxley at least has kind of a loose like. You know, he trains at, you know, Extreme Couture in Vegas and, like, does yeah. blood sport. And, like, there, he, has yeah. a, he has a little bit of that, like, pure and I mean, wrestling we know, type. We know CM Punk. I mean, he's definitely a hardcore trainer in MMA and definitely knows his stuff. So yeah, that'd be a really nice, nice addition. Yeah, yeah, he was in the group. Man, you could learn a lot about <laughs> throwing off-balance punches and uh, not Getting defending tickled. chokes. Getting yeah, getting literally tickled on the on the. There, I guarantee you, somebody's gonna hit me up on Twitter and be like, "You're hitting on CM Punk again." You like it happens all the time. Like people hit me up all the time. They're like, "CM Punk hater," and I'm like, "Just watch one UFC fight." Like, I I I like him in wrestling. I can't make it yeah. any more clear. But like, I can't unsee him getting held down and tickled by a guy named Michael Jackson who had like no experience. I mean, it's just is what it is. But that all that all being said, like that you're the one who brought it up this time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Send the hate my way, okay? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, like what can you do? Um, but yeah, it, it just it just kind of made me like, hmm, two guys want to start a group. Maybe they could use a third guy. Well, who could be the third guy? How would they do this? Like, just gave me a little NWO vibe. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd definitely be cool. Cena's literally the best. Cena is the top person that AEW could ever get. Like, any name in that is alive right now, he is. I mean, sure, you could, if, like, The Rock showed up, it'd get a lot of buzz. Or if, like, Roman right. showed up, it'd be a big deal. But, like, Cena is, he was the Hogan of I agree. the, you know, the last 15 years or whatever. You know, I mean, that's... That's humongous. Yeah. I agree. And it's not like one of those things, too, where he would say, yes, you know, right off the bat. But I feel like as a Turner relationship keeps being built, as more movies are coming out with him in it, as these partners become more of the company, what happens if, like, Vince is like, you know what? We don't really need you at WrestleMania this year. We've kind of moved on. Maybe you can show up at the Raw Appreciation Night or whatever. And then it's like you got – Turner just be- begging you to come to work for him. You know, what What would happen? Well, also, there's the whole other side of it where Vince could be going, yeah, John, we're, I mean, we're selling this thing. So, like, if you have any allegiance That's to me, true. like, so I true. Mean, yeah, like, I mean, I don't, it's not going to matter to Vince once this thing is sold, who's there and who isn't. That, that, I've talked about that with That's Undertaker and other guys, too. Like, yeah, I, um, That's a so, great yeah. point. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah, sell sell that thing, Vince. So loyalty can be done, and then we can we can really get some stuff. Could Taker and Sting and Cena and AEW? Oh, we can do it all. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin would show up the next day. 
Like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think he'd wrestle, but like, or he right. might, but I mean, you know, he'd show up on AEW TV, I think almost immediately. Like, um, that's the one thing that's keeping a lot of these guys from making any kind of move is just 100% the loyalty to Vince. Um, and I understand it. I, I think there's definitely, it's admirable in a lot of cases, Yeah. but, but it's just one of those things. It's going to go both ways though. Cause I'm telling y'all if, if Vince isn't in charge, some new owner isn't going to give a guy like the undertaker millions of dollars a year to do nothing. Totally like it, ha- it happened in the UFC also. They, they immediately came in and were like, Oh, Chuck Adele makes a few hundred thousand dollars a year to sign autographs. Uh, yep. yeah, he's gone. Um, you know, he had, like a, he had like an office job and it's like, yeah, but what's office. crazy is, is Dana was still employed and they did that. Like he couldn't so, do anything. Dana uh, couldn't do anything to save him. Right. Yeah. But imagine if like all the middlemen are gone included, like no Vince, no whatever, then it's really all gone. Like probably. Dana was probably able to keep Forrest Griffin's job because he was probably young and actually would do stuff. Yeah. But like a Chuck, <laughs> like no. So it, 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 Matt Hughes, no. And then, you know, that happened, that accident happened with him. Like there were a lot of people that were let go that were told that they had jobs there for life. Yeah. That's why they were, that's why they retired. Like Dana was like, I don't want you fighting anymore. I can't really make this decision for you. But if you, if you will stop fighting, then I'm going to give you a job. So you don't have to worry about this. It's not even a real job. These guys were doing nothing. Um, was but Jane Dana so mad with Oscar De La Hoya because the reason that Chuck Liddell got knocked out by Tito Ortiz is because they let Chuck Liddell go. That would have never happened okay. if Chuck Liddell got let go, if, if, that, that didn't, if he didn't get let go. So, like, Dana has to own that, and that pisses him off. I, I honestly think in the WWE, the only person who I think might still be there in a position of power when it gets sold is Nick Khan. And he's not going to give 100%. a damn about keeping your favorite wrestler. Like it's going to. But I could also see. I could also see Nick Khan taking the money and then off to the next adventure. Oh, for like sure. My goal sure. was to set this thing up to get sold, and now I'm out. You know what I mean? Right. And then Triple so. H is left with like, like he gets left with it finally, and there's no stars. There's no. There's like ten people left in the company, and like they're wrestling CGI uh, Teletubbies and stuff. Like. Yeah, they're talking about the so, metaverse. So, so let's let's talk about Shane McMahon because mm. before we get into that, let, we got one more super chat. Matt Phillips reviews. I appreciate it. Um, could Serena Deeb join Mox and Brian? I think she's perfect for the female side of if they want to have. And I, and I think at this at this time in this era, it would be important to have at least some female representation in the group, um, especially. And, and I don't say that just because you need a female and everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because there is an actual women's division with women titles and, and the whole nine. So you definitely need something. Like, keep in mind, like, in WCW back in the day, like, there was no, like, real women's division. The titles were, like, a joke. Like, it's it's not, like now it's a big deal. You know what I mean? So I could definitely see having a dominant women wrestler in that group yeah i'm i'm 100 down for serenity to be in that group she's my favorite female wrestler in the world right now like i, I and she fits in perfect with them because she does great pure wrestling she's basically like the new like the female version of dean malenko now with like the the uh thousand holds and all that stuff so i uh and then also just for what it's worth i would put layla hirsch in team taz because i think she fits really really well there i've been saying that for a minute too 
So I've got a very controversial opinion on her, and I just don't even know if I want to say it. But um, yeah, just, probably just don't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Just I just not a big fan. But we'll we'll move on to the Shane McMahon situation because I think that this is a big thing about loyalty and selling the company and and all this stuff. You fired your kid. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, they don't care. It's they over, y'all. Don't care. <laughs> this thing is getting sold. You fired your kid, and not only that, all those budget cuts, all those things that they were they were doing to release people, they made over a billion dollars last year. Over a billion dollars. You don't think that they could have afforded having those wrestlers under contract? They still would have made probably six hundred million, maybe more. I mean, I don't I'm not doing the math in my head, but they would have been very profitable. But they're trying to find a way to be the most profitable as possible. So when they do these calls, people are like, that's a that's making a lot of money over there. You know what I mean? And Man, just and then like if you listen to some of those calls too, it's like I didn't listen, but I heard highlights. They talked about how Sasha had a spot on Monday Night Football for the opener. They talked about how Big E did an introduction for a boxing match. They talk about like they're talking about pop culture stuff and showing that they can cross over and attract people. And I, I just think that that's their focus, man. Like, that's what they're focused on. They're not here for wrestling or any of that stuff. And they're they're looking to sell. It is clear as day. They're looking to sell. They're trying to make as much profit as possible so they can be as appealing as possible. And with Shane, I mean, it sounds bizarre. It sounds like he definitely had an ego issue. Like he wanted to do all this stuff in the Rumble. They were going to book him and uh, Shane McMahon and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Uh, whatever they messed this company, they messed up on the order and like Randy Orton was supposed to come out and Shane McMahon's music hit. And then Randy refused to come out. And then like, Shane wanted to outbox Matt Riddle. Like, it just, like, I'm not kidding. Like, that's, that's, that's what happened. I just killed Steven. I'm sorry. Oh but Shane wanted to outbox Matt Riddle. Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know who does the checks and balances here. You know? I'm just picturing Shane I, doing the, yeah. The little like. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. And Riddle's got to sell and be like, Riddle's got to return to the fight. Yeah, I, know, I totally forgot how to fight. And you're a main eventer. Oh my god. That's too funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I agree with you. I think that they're selling the company and no one's safe. I mean, Stephanie might be the next to go for all we know. I have no right? idea. I'm not um, kidding. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's really interesting, too, because it's like you're going to do your own son like that, and then, like, your replacement son, it, like, got his job stole by Mick Khan, and, like... And now that, really, his his replacement son 
got his job stolen by his other replacement son, Shawn Michaels. Like, this is oh, that's all, right. like, within, it's just like, yeah, okay, Shawn was always better than you anyway, so now I'm going to give him the ball and see what he can do. Like, I mean, that, that's factual, though. I will. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm just saying, like, it just, it, it's just, like, no regard. Like, it's just, okay, next. See you later. You're I think fired. what happened is once Nick Khan came in and started making all these moves, and then Ben started seeing all this profit just like hitting their their painful, <laughs> you're just like, all right, yeah, I don't care about how I was doing it before. Just keep doing, keep doing things to keep making this number go up. Like, right? You know, and we could have a pay per view on a Saturday. Oh my God! Yeah, do that. You know? Oh man, I'm still trying not to laugh at the the Shane. <laughs> Wanting to outbox Matt Riddle. That's so funny. Um, I can only imagine Riddle's reaction. Like, right. If he was approached with that. Right. Like, you, like, I'm not high enough to even do that. Like, like right. are you serious? Like, um, no, no, bro. I'm not doing that, bro. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not doing that, yo. That's too funny. But, yeah, no one's safe. They're going to sell. And then and on the call, they were talking about the metaverse which I've been talking about for a long time with this company, these kind of things. Like, get ready. And if you're a WWE fan and, like, you're holding on for hope and every week you're, like, you know, breathing heavy in your keyboard and, and typing all caps about Raw, how much you hate it, but, like, you won't stop watching. And, you know, you're, you're, you know, you get to this point where it's like, but it's going to get better. Like, it's going to get better. While, Look at the while roster. While you're sitting there watching it with your replica title. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'll give you. Someone gave me this. <laughs> this thing. All right, so yeah, so it's like an inflatable. You so you're sitting around hoping that you're it's gonna, like, yeah, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. It's gonna like, get better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I, I like AJ Styles, but I mean, Madcap Moss, he's the future, you know. And right, and Baron Corbin is is with Madman Moss, and. And Baron Corbin retired Kurt Angle, so he's got to be good, right? And 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 but and I mean, but reality, but reality me. is is you're setting up for Omos versus Big Bird. You're setting up for Roman Reigns versus Charizard. Like <laughs> these are the that's the future of the company, whether you all want to admit it or not. It is going to be metaverse matchups between Disney properties and 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 WWE superstars, and they're going to need about ten wrestlers on their roster to do this. Because they're not going to be wrestling real people. They're going to be wrestling holograms. It's going to be like watching Space Jam just, like, on TV. Like, it's – that's what it's going to be. And you don't need many wrestlers to do that. You don't need real, really any wrestlers at all. You just need to hire people that you can turn into D-level actors. You don't have to wrestle at all. And they can do fake fighting against fake characters. Bro. And they're going to make even more money than ever doing that. Promise you. Bro, you should have watched the Mandalorian – or the Book of Boba Fett, uh, Episode 6. Um, they had Luke Skywalker come back. Spoiler alert! Sorry, it's been a week. I, so I don't. I don't. I don't it. care. No, yeah. I know, but I'm saying people in the chat. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, but like, legit, 1983 Mark Hamill for like 20 minutes, like face scan the whole nine, and he didn't even use his real voice. They didn't even use Mark Hamill's voice. They used like a voice synth synthesizer. To like make sure that it sounded like Mark Hamill at that age, and he was able to like carry the scene. It's somewhat noticeable, but I mean, mass improvement from what they tried in Mandalorian season two, and like 
the future of this is nuts. You could easily have Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold in the metaverse, and it would look real as real could be. Um, and, and that's where I think things could be going down. Like, look at that WWE 2K22 roster. That is what you will see in the metaverse. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's probably really the future is going to be them signing the rights to as many people as they can. But instead of it being like legend deals for merch, it's going to be so they can do what they want with intellectual properties of them having like digital matches. But that'll be interesting. Like, I'm sure I'm sure in in, in pretty much every case is just going to be they'll assign their rights just like they do in the video game. And the WWE can do whatever they want with it. But (laughs) you'll still have I guarantee you, you'll still have like Hulk Hogan. If he's still, you know, alive and like when this all happens, which I think he will, because it's going to happen soon, I think. But you have guys like Hulk Hogan still that are like, "Yeah, brother, I'll uh, I'll sign on for that, and you can put me in matches, but like I still want creative control over who I'm beating and losing to." Like, you know, I think there's still going to be ego there with some of these guys, and even though it's a completely fake. I mean, even because I like I remember like Michael Jordan didn't want to be in video games for the longest time, and I think yeah. it had to do with money. But I think honestly, part of it had to do with ego, where he's probably thinking like, I mean, that guy would never be able to dunk on me in real life. I don't even want that out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but it, it'll it'll be interesting. I will say that you know, not everybody's aware, but uh, one of the really big Facebook guys left Facebook and they lost like a huge amount. I think they lost over a million uh, users on Facebook and their stock completely crashed just this week. And so that really put a halt on like some of the metaverse stuff they planned on doing. So I don't know if some other company's going to try to step in and do something, but it'll, it'll be interesting. The future is as well, but I'm telling you like if they wanted to bring in Gordon Bombay and just do CGI Gordon Bombay, they could do it. They could absolutely do it. I'd rather them do that than him not be on the show. I'm with you. Did you see that it's going to be the Josh, the guy that's like win a date with Tad Hamilton? Oh, yeah, uh, Josh Dumel. Well, and it sounds like that they're going to go and like be in a camp, like some type of like hockey league camp. And and he's gonna be like one of the head coach guys, but I wonder if this is like this is this is your hope is this is just for like a summer, like they're just going to this league for a summer, and then they come back and play the next season of hockey or whatever with Gordon Bombay, and and they do basically what they plan on doing in season two, they do in season three. That would be your hope. Hopefully, that bridge isn't completely burned. Yeah, I completely agree. Because even at the hockey camp, like, you can still incorporate, like, OG Mighty Ducks into that as, like, coaches at the camp if you wanted to. <clears throat> but the big payoff for me as a fan, <laughs> the long-term storyline that I've literally been waiting, like, 25 years plus for is, is like, Charlie and Bombay. Like, let's get right. more of, like, what's going on with this. Well, and what pisses <laughs> me off is, like, you can't have one without the other. So yeah. Charlie can come back all day long. It doesn't mean the same without Bombay. The whole thing is is it, it's together. Like, what what do we do? And then you've built somewhat of a romantic connection between these two, and we're just not even gonna act. Not Charlie and Gordon. No, you're not talking about, about yeah Bombay and uh, yeah, yeah yeah 
Right. And so, like, you know, and, and honestly, this is what pisses me off is Din Djarin and um, Cara Dune on Mandalorian, Gina Carano, they were kind of doing the same thing. And then when they fired her, it's like it threw everything off. So I'm hoping it's not the exact same thing. And, of course, Disney was the ones that did it just like the other ones. So I, I'm, I'm hoping we don't go into that same same deal because I hate when, like, stories are just left and, and because of stupid reasons, like you, you need to finish these things out. Yeah, I'm just picturing like Charlie talking to like we're just seeing like the back of Bombay's head or something. Like you know what I mean? Like I I I saw the I can't remember which Fast and Furious movie it was, but the one where at the end of it, um, I'm blanking on the guy, Paul Walker. Like, yeah, he's clearly being CGI, and like they're like using his brother's face to like cover yeah, yeah, his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, it's super noticeable, and it's very, very. creepy. Yeah. yeah. Those, those days are over. Yeah, Those okay. days are over. And what's crazy is Disney so, – so they dropped the video, right, and they showed Mark Hamill, and it wasn't that good, but people were just so excited to see Luke Skywalker back that they completely lost their minds. But then there was this YouTube guy named Schmook, and he um, did a deep fake with it and showed what he could do. And it looked incredible. It was way better than what they did. And Disney hired him. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And now you're seeing the work from him with Disney and the money that they put into it. And it looks legit. That's so. pretty cool. That's it's scary. But it's uh, <clears throat> but it's but it opens up a lot of possibilities for a lot of stuff. And nobody will die. Like they can live on forever in different, like imagine you're, you know, Eddie Guerrero or whatever you want to do. Like you could, you, the, it's limitless. Yeah. And it was I'm weird just weird, too, I'm like, just weird about that. the idea of like, for me, like if I died and then someone was just like hanging out with the digital me, but like my consciousness wasn't a part of that. It was just someone hanging out with me, but like it had nothing to do with me. It, like, Well, and imagine I... like if someone was always used to listening to the <clears throat> weekender, right? Mm-hmm. And then you were to pass away, but they have all the archive footage of the Weekender, and they've built a Steven to how he would react to every single event that <clears throat> happened or whatever. And then they built it in that you would still do the Weekender even though you died. Like that is the type of <coughs> craziness Sorry. that we're talking about. Yeah, no, and the, the things are heading that way. I mean, I've looked a lot into that kind of stuff, like neurotechnology uh, and whatnot, and the idea of downloading consciousness and, and all of this. And I mean, I guarantee you they can make an algorithm right now where like someone could, they could, they could basically clone any of us if they wanted to digitally. Um, the consciousness aspect is what I'm the most interested in is like me knowing this was happening. Even after I've passed away, somehow you're still able to consciously be a part of this. Which doesn't seem to make any sense, but like that—that's a whole other conversation for another, another oh, thing. Like we, we can go real deep into that, but we're gonna leave. Oh, it dude, alone. we can go super deep with that. My because like, you know my brother's had uh, brain surgeries for his neurological issue, yeah. and he has the the Neuralink uh, technology embedded in him already that Elon Musk is like really doing stuff with now. Oh yeah. So, like, okay. Like, in all honesty, if my brother wanted to, like, go and, like, hang out with Elon Musk, he could make my brother a superhuman right now with the technology already in my brother. And, like, and that's going to be a common thing. I don't think that it, it – what he has is, like, it's it takes way too long to explain, but it has to do with, like, pacemakers and 
wires that go into his brain and stuff. But I think that at a certain point, it'll just be like a chip. Like if people are born and it's just like a shot that you get that has all that in it. And then you can like manipulate pretty much everything about like your own biology and stuff digitally, which yeah, once again, that, I could talk about that stuff for hours, but th- it relates to our point about wrestling because th- we're going to eventually start seeing wrestlers that aren't even alive anymore wrestling digitally. That's all, I, I guarantee right. you it starts happening. So The question is who controls the power and why, but we'll, we'll yeah. leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, I but, know. Um, um, so I think that covers wrestling for the most part. Guys, if you haven't, please hit that like button. Help us out. If you guys have any more Super Chats, uh, help us out. Actually, we have a Super Chat that we didn't get to, so I don't want to forget about that. Vince Valentine, thank you so much for the Super Chat. Um, could you see AEW ever going to a bigger network like Fox one day? If so, would getting Cena be more likely assuming WWE sells? Um, I don't think the network would stop Cena. I feel like that and, and from what I understand, AEW made $84 million last year, which as long as they're able to turn profit, I mean, that's that's successful. A, a startup company usually doesn't yeah. turn profit for like the first three to five years, and it's usually very minor. So, And, and that was during the pandemic, too. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the years you're kind of almost taking off because you didn't tour, you didn't get ticket sales, a lot of it, you know, like it. Yes, you had the small shows, but I mean, not nothing like what they're doing right now. So um, I think they're in really good shape. Wait till the video game comes out. I think that's going to help a lot. There, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things in the works that I think will really help them. Um, but you got to think though, with Turner, you're looking at possibly HBO Max. You're, you're looking at, at stuff like that. So it's really now just like what I think is going to happen. Our bigger companies are going to buy smaller companies. And there's only going to be like four or five major streaming services and they'll be able to offer you whatever out of this. So Lionsgate will sell, you know, like all these other smaller promote uh, production companies will sell and then people will own the rights to those things. So Fox, I mean, it's possible, but I, I don't, you know, if anything, I I personally think I think the WWE could possibly sell to Disney. I think that that's <laughs> definitely up in the air. Um, and, and I just don't know what cable network's going to be like in the future. I really don't. I feel like the real thing is just getting the streaming rights and people wanting live streaming content. Um, you know, like it could be bigger for AEW to go to Amazon. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that might be more in the future. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to know. Um, Michael Young, we, we got, we got your super chat too. We'll do that one next. I do see it up there still. Um, but to answer that, that last question, just, yeah, I agree with you. Streaming is the future. I think, I, I, I think, I think for the immediate future though, it's just like, I think Turner's super happy with AEW. I think AEW's super happy with Turner and, uh, let us go from there. And when it, and when it comes to Cena, as we said a little bit earlier, I think not just Cena, but the Undertaker and and others, Triple H, et cetera. Like I think WWE selling 
uh, highly increases the possibility of them going to AEW. Like once once that loyalty defense isn't there anymore, then I think it's it's open season for for people like Steve Austin. We mentioned I think I don't think he'll necessarily wrestle in AEW, but he'll he'll show up in some capacity in AEW if, if Vince isn't involved in the WWE anymore. Those kind of guys. Well, what what's crazy too is AEW is so perfect for Cena because there's only four pay per views. You only have to show up for certain shows. Like he probably could just do like a twenty date um, a year thing and still be fine. All the rest of the guys can carry the show, and then every time that he shows up, it's a big deal. Like I think you could easily do like a two year deal with him, and and it would work. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not calling it by a long shot, but I will say, and I, I really think this is true. What you said: once the brand is sold, once WWE is sold then the loyalty is gone. And then that's when things would get interesting. <clears throat> well, grab that super chat. All right, here we go. Got it. Uh, Michael Young, appreciate it. Uh, what's up, fellas? Really enjoyed the Adam Cole promo on Rampage. What are you guys, what are your guys' expectations for the buildup heading into Revolution with Paige? Um, I don't know. I mean, I personally think they really need to talk about the past. I talk about what it was like in the Bullet Club and, and all that and kind of like how Adam became the man in NXT. Adam Page, I mean, Adam Cole and Adam Page, right? So Adam Cole became the man in NXT and Adam Page is like the man now in AEW and like how it's time for Adam Cole to take his spot because he is the man type thing. And then, you know, like <laughs> something like that. I really think that they could go there. Um a lot of people feel the build is for MJF at this point. They feel like MJF should be facing Adam Page going into this pay-per-view. He's got the momentum. He just beat CM Punk. Um, but I also think if you're going to do that, he has to win. Yeah. And I don't see the point in bringing him in there if he's not going to win. And I don't really see Adam Cole winning this. Um, I don't think it's crazy, but I will say this. If Adam Cole beats... Adam Page, it'll likely be that Adam Page only defended the title four times, and that was it out of his title ring. So it's been kind of lackluster. It's been fine every time he's wrestled. It's been really good, but it just hasn't been a lot. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they could also, you know, and this is a real story. The reason that Hangman or Adam Page started calling himself hangman was because Adam Cole had just joined the bullet club and Adam Cole was way more popular than Adam page was. So he literally started calling himself hangman page so that people weren't confused as to like which Adam in the bullet club people were talking about. And everyone would assume they were talking about Adam Cole because Hangman just wasn't a big star. So <clears throat> you can even bring that into it too, where like Adam Cole's like, bro, you had to change your name because of me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is, this, this goes years and years and years back. So, um, so we'll see. I, I, I they don't have a whole lot of time to really build it, but there, ha there's enough there that they could do a good job building it, uh, with, based on their past together. So, you know, I'm, but I'm with you too. I think that MJF is the next world champion. It's just a matter of when they're going to do it. Cause I, I, he, and him and Hangman have some history too. Like that that first Diamond Ring match, I'm pretty sure MJF beat Hangman for that, if I remember correctly. Um, like there's definitely some history with the two of them in early AEW. Yeah. So, um, 
but yeah, but I, I, I all that all being said, regardless of the buildup and everything, and even though it's kind of predictable that we're assuming Hangman will beat Adam Cole, <clears throat> it's still like that's still going to be an incredible match, and they're going to do a good job making you think Cole's going to win uh, at least for a sure. few times. So for sure, that's going to be Adam Cole Gargano false finish city in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, they'll yeah, probably have Red Dragon get involved at the end or something to where they're going to hit him with the finisher. You're going to think it's over, and Adam Page is still going to kick out. Like, it's it's going to be one of those type of intense matches. Um, but you never know, too. The Bucks could beat Red Dragon, and they don't have anything left. Like, that's another story. Are we going to revisit that? Like, it's time to get this pay-per-view build going. We basically have a month, so four shows to get this thing built. And Archer and Hangman is tomorrow for the title? Yes. Yeah, so... Also, I mean, the inner circle is having a meeting, which could be interesting. Very curious to see kind of where that goes. Yeah. And I don't I don't see the Archer and Hangman thing going past tomorrow. And Me I neither. see people that are, like, kind of down on Archer for this. And I'm like, this is how... This is being played perfectly, in my opinion. Because Archer has been really protected in AEW. He's lost some big matches, like, for the world title and stuff. But he beat John Moxley for the IWGP US Championship. Like right. he's he's always been an upper card guy for AEW, and they use him rarely, which keeps him like at a high level on the card. Like kind of no matter how long he's there or how long he takes off. And this is like a placeholder. It's like this is this is to get Hangman Page a quality World Championship defense heading into the pay per view. So like, I mean, I well, feel like different. Brian about Cage would. Brian Cage would love to switch places with Archer. I mean, like, well, and they pretty Archer's much did that. Brian Cage better. beat Hangman, like, right? You know, like, I mean, like, they they had that's a, that's my whole thing with Brian Cage is like, if if these things are true and he actually is upset with the company, I, the guy's been put in a better spot than so many of the people they have. That like, I just, I think he's a fool to be honest. If he if he's like disgruntled with his position in AEW, like, dude, you have a pinfall victory over the current world champion. The only reason you're probably not involved right now is your own self getting in your own way. Cause like, yeah, there, there's something that happened. Like at first he was getting pushed and it was, you know, he was getting title shot against Moxley. He was in the cinematic matches with Sting. He had, you know, he was part of team Taz. He was the FTW champion, but just something went, went wrong there. But Archer to me, like, He's not a guy that you really would make your champion, but they book him strong. And every time that he is involved in something, it's usually a pretty big deal. And it's been like that since he's debuted. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I think that this is one of those, this is one of those matches that like comes around. That's not one that you really want on pay-per-view, but you're fine with it on a dynamite. And that's exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be a good match. They're going to have a, a, probably a pretty brutal street fight type match. And I, I think everybody's going to be happy with it. And then Adam Cole and Adam Page will be the focus after this. You know, and one thing I think is just interesting to think about, and there's nothing that could have changed any of this, but just throwing it out there, I think there's also a good amount of stuff that we see, like either Brian Cage had done or that, that Archer is doing or had done. And part of me also thinks, like, how much of this would have been Brody? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like, because I think he was going to be, like, their top kind of guy who's, like, that size, who can work that way. Like, he would have been 
he would have been in a lot of these spots and he would have had this whole story with him leading the dark order and hangman being the champion and they couldn't get hangman. And I mean, like, you know, obviously there's nothing we can do about any of it. It's, it's just a bummer all the way around. But like, it, I just think about stuff like that sometimes where I'm like, I bet you anything, if Brody was still around this, this would have been what he was doing, you know? Right. And I yeah. think a Brody, like, I think Brody seeing how much the dark order loved hangman would really piss him off. And then, like, they would have had a really good feud over the Dark Order and stuff like that. Speaking of Dark Order, like, are they done? Like, what's going on? We barely see them now. It's not even a, a thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I see them a little bit on, like, on Dark and stuff. Um, But, yeah, I really, I really don't know. I mean, we see them on Being the Elite, obviously, a lot. But that's right. that's different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I and mean, they just had their action figures come out. Yeah, um, I know. I want them. Me Cole, too. I think Cole Cabana might be gone, though. From I mean, AEW? It, or from yeah, just AEW. Like, I, I don't really see him around anymore. And with Dark Order uh, not really being a focus, and, I mean, my opinion, I don't think the CM Punk is not still not a fan of his. So he could just be one of those guys that, like, when the contract is up, we just start moving on. I feel like that could be him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just, but I do just on the tea leaves of like, yeah, me too. Just on the tea leaves of like, just you kind of need to look around and see who you're not seeing around anymore. And then realize that they're just going to let contracts expire. And he's just been one that kind of was like, hmm, maybe not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, or like, maybe you don't need certain members, but you still want to keep the dark order, but you're just not going to keep all of the members or whatever the case. Like it, there's definitely going to be some people that are not being brought back. I still think there's a chance. Maybe they're laying low for like whenever Bray shows up. Yeah. Cause like, that would, there's, there's, that would be, that would be cool. Yeah. Cause that, that still makes a lot of sense to me. Like with how close he was to Brody and everything, like it would just, it would make all the sense in the world to have him come in. And then maybe, that's when they do go more of that route again of being like, you know, heels evil. or evil. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, you know, um, like they lost their way and then Bray Wyatt shows them the way back to the dark order or whatever. Yeah. He can come in like, you know, he can come in and like, uh, like John Silver, like annoys him until he just like beats him up and kicks him out. You know, they can, they can trim out like the comedy if they wanted to and keep a couple core members and add new people if they wanted or, I don't know. There's a lot of options, but I think we'll eventually get Bray Wyatt in a. I, I'm I'm sure we'll eventually get Bray Wyatt in AEW, but uh, um, the Dark Order's just been kind of directionless lately, and they never pulled the trigger on Hangman like fully joining the group. Although him in that tag match that they wound up losing versus the Elite Squad, that was like one of the best just entrances and moments and everything yeah. with, with the Dark Order and them together. And I don't think you can really top that, to be honest. Like, that was, like, the big moment for all of them together. And we still have a solid, like, I don't know, eight more years or something till till negative one can wrestle. So, like, until then, like, they like they need they need a they need a leader, like a real leader. But it was almost like their their climax was Hangman winning the title. Like their their right. whole point was to get him there. And now it's kind of like, okay, we have nothing for you. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's AEW, man. I mean, like, I there's 
if we're talking about it, Tony's thinking about it too, you know? So it's like, I, I, no, I agree. I just, it, it also just makes me wonder is, are some of these guys part of the, we're moving no, I get what you're on saying. Yeah. and then clean and then like focusing on just a certain group or, you know what I mean? Like that's all. Yeah. I got you. So I have, um, there, I have opportunities to meet fighters this weekend because they're down in Houston for, um, for the UFC. So Thursday is Calvin Cater. Friday is Kevin Holland, Adrian Giannis, Michael Chiesa, and Eric Anders. And Saturday is Brandon Moreno. Well, so, you got to go meet Brandon Moreno. Right. Well, on Saturday, it's, it's easy. It's weird, though. It's like at a grocery store. Um, but whatever. Uh, but Saturday's easy. The other ones are t- more tough because you, I literally have to ask for the day off to go meet any of the other ones, except like Kevin Holland, I think is like at 6.30, something like that. So I, sh- I should be able to pull that one if I want to, but I'm on the fence. I'd like to meet Calvin Cater, but oh, yeah. it's on a Thursday, so I have to ask for that off. And yeah, it's just a lot. So <clears throat> Calvin Cater's a badass. Like I'm, I'm a very yeah, big fan of his. But I would want to meet Brandon Marino the most out of everyone you mentioned because he's a collector. Like, yeah. I know, I know he collects Funko Pops and stuff. So like, I'd yeah. probably try to do some research and figure out what he was into and then maybe get him like a Funko Pop and see if he just like, instead of money, like I'll give, you give him a gift and like maybe gives you a couple eight by tens or whatever and a picture. Or right. Something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that'd be a lot cooler than being like, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a lot cooler than like, that's a lot cooler of an experience, like going there. And everyone all day is just like handing him money. And then you go up there and you're like, hey, I know you're into these. And he's like, oh, like, I think you'd probably like, make his whole day. And it's like, well, I'm getting a, I'm getting a $20 pop and like eh, my eight by tens are in the picture's 20 bucks or whatever. We'll just, we'll just trade kind of thing. Like, I'd, that'd right. be pretty cool. So, yeah, I'll have to think about it. I don't know what my strategy will be, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to meet him on Saturday. We'll see. I can't guarantee it, but we'll see what happens. It's always cool in the UFC's in town, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, we got about 10 minutes or so left in the show. We can do some predictions real quick for the pay-per-view. Really just need predictions mainly for the main event. We'll we'll do the main card just just quickly and a couple of the undercard. Yeah, a couple of them I want to talk about because I'm on the fence. So um, we'll we'll start. We'll just start at the top uh, because we'll probably do the most time on it. Uh, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker rematch for the middleweight championship. I'm going to take Adesanya to retain, uh, but I do yeah. think it's going to be way more of a fight than the first one where Adesanya Agreed. just murked him. Um, Whitaker is definitely the, the, the worthy number one contender, former champ, worked his way back up. Was his last one Cannoneer, right? So like, um, so, I, so Whitaker, like he definitely earned his way back to a title shot. So Adesanya is just in a, in this spot where he's just going to be rematch after rematch after rematch because he pretty much already cleared the division out. Um, but I think Adesanya gets the job done again. Yeah, and what's crazy is, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So in his last 13 fights, Whitaker has won 12. And the only one he's lost is Adesanya. And from what I heard, too. Oh, wait, yeah, he also, he beat Castellum recently, too. I forgot about the Castellum win. Yeah. Because he had Castellum, Cannoneer, and Till after Adesanya. Yeah, yep, that's yep. right. And <clears throat> what's crazy is from what i heard he's been the number one contender ever since losing he's never lost that status right like he's he's so i mean <clears throat> this is a clear number one contender fight it's not going to get any better at 185 than this fight here 
after this fight, then, you know, Izzy's looking at, like, Kamnir or Brunson again or something like that. Like, he's not – or if Usman if, – if they can talk uh, Usman to moving up to 185 to fight him, then they could possibly do that. But this is, this is like, his biggest test that he's going to have. Um, he's, he's a monster at 185, though, and it's striking. And, and the thing is, is Whitaker isn't – the greatest wrestler. So like that's his, that would be the only advantage if he could figure out how to get Izzy to the ground. Um, so I, I don't know, but I definitely think Whitter, Whitaker has a shot. Like, I don't think that this is just a foregone conclusion. Izzy's going to smash him or anything. I think this is going to be a, a good fight, a much closer fight. I think one thing people really need to realize is that Whitaker took a real beating in those Yoel Romero fights, even though he won them. They took a lot uh, off of that chin for a while, and he he fought Izzy after that, and I really feel like he needed to give a long rest after those fights. So I do think that affected him. So now that he's fought three times after that, I think that he's going to be about as close to 100% as, as he's going to be. So I, I really think it's going to be a really good fight. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, um, yeah, Sean Strickland, possibly. By the way, have you heard that guy talk? A little bit, yeah. Oh, my God. <coughs> like, how is he not canceled? Oh, no, like, he doesn't care. He legit. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I was listening to him at the press conference, and I was just like, oh, wow. He just said, what? Oh wow! No way! Like I couldn't believe some of the things that he was saying. So it, I think it's the worst nightmare in the world for UFC to give that guy a title shot. But if he's earned it, he's earned. He's won six in a row, so he's definitely up there. So yeah, just beat Hermanson. It was split decision, but like I don't know how the judge gave Hermanson that fight. One of those three, but I mean that happens in the UFC a lot, unfortunately. Um. But yeah, I, like I said, I think it'll be a closer fight this time. Um, and Whitaker's, you know, he's super durable. But like you said, those Yoel fights were wars, and he he arguably lost. Uh, like the, all those fights were close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to go out of Sonya again. I don't know if he stops him again or not, but I I I think at, at worst he he gets a unanimous decision. But I um I got to go with out of Sonya. And then the co-main event, Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa. Dude, I'm going upset on this one. I'm going Tuivasa. Um, yeah. Yeah, just because it's like, it's pretty fit. I mean, I, Derek Lewis should be the favorite for sure, but like based on who he's beaten and who he's been in there with. But this is pretty much just like who lands hardest first. You know what I mean? Yeah. I And... I think Derek really takes pressure fighting at home, fighting in Houston. He said it was really hard for him in the main event last time, and he's doing it again. He's not the main event, but, I mean, he's going to have the the huge reaction. Although, do you think that uh, Tayavasa will be over in Houston? Just as I was wondering about favorite? that with the, with the shoey. Like, he might not want to do a shoey in Houston if he wins because someone might, like, throw something in their shoe, like, to mess with him because, like, it's going to be a lot of Lewis fans. Um, I think I think they'll show him love though, because they love a good fight. So I don't think he'll be that hated. So 
I think it'll be more of a fan fight. I think Derek Lewis will definitely be more over, but I think they'll definitely show him love. I'm going with Derek Lewis, though. I just think that Derek hits harder, more power, and he's going to stand with them. They're both going to stand. It's not this thing isn't going to be a wrestling match, and I I just feel like eventually Derek Lewis will connect, and once he does, it's over. Yeah, I, I think part of it too, and I like I love Derek Lewis's entrance and the whole like top drop, uh, yeah, Pat and all that stuff like for Houston. I but like with with Tuivasa, he's in a spot right now where this is his like this is his big chance. Oh, like, I if agree. he beats if he beats Derek Lewis, he's probably getting a title shot. Because like, because when you look at the title picture, it's like, I mean, yeah, unless it's probably going to be John Jones and Stipe for an interim, in my opinion. But that's what I'm we'll... saying is like, there's a lot of work to do for both of those guys, and then who yeah. knows what's going on with Ngannou? So like, yeah, yeah. you have those three guys at the top of the division. Giovanni is the only one who hasn't had a title shot and is like is like climbing the ranks right now. And if he beats Lewis. There's really no one above him in the rankings outside of the guys we just talked about. And, and Jones isn't even ranked, but like, you know, he's going to get a title shot if he fights at heavyweight. So, like, I just think that Tuivasa, <clears throat> he knows this. And I think that he's going to go and looking to take Derek Lewis's head off because he knows that, like, he has a potential. Like, this is a potential superstar maker for, for Tuivasa. Like, if he, especially if it's an, imp- an impressive win. That said, I think Derek Lewis should definitely be the favorite, especially because of the like the level of competition and the guys that Lewis has beaten. Yeah. But I, I think at heavyweight, especially, you know, Chiavasa, he's got a, a depth and he's gotten way more than a puncher's chance. But I think that's really what it comes down to is like these two guys circling each other and just throwing heavy as hell. And just someone's going to land before the other. And if Chiavasa can be the one to land, then I think he's got a really good shot. Um, And plus I took Chiavasa in our DraftKings, So like, I, I got to roll with a lot of these guys based on how much money you had to work with. And yeah, I know. I'm like, damn, you got this person this high of a favorite? Like, uh, I don't know. So yeah, no, I feel you. You've got to you've got to basically end up taking an underdog whether you want to or not, just because it's got to fall within the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, these other fights, we'll just we'll just rattle off some of these and give me a winner and loser. Um, you can deep dive if you want to, but we're running low on time. Cannoneer and Brunson. This is um, the one that I was kind of stuck on. This is yeah. like, and in, and in our DraftKings, they have Brunson way down there. And I don't, I think this is almost a pick fight. I agree. It, it's basically Brunson. I think Brunson has the way better wrestling and Cannoneer yeah. has the one punch KO power, but Brunson isn't like incompetent on his feet or anything like no, that. No, not at so, all. Like, I think I actually took Brunson on DraftKings as a matter of fact. Because yeah, because of the price and because I think he's got a good chance. Good value. Yeah, I think I did too. I'm not for sure, but I was really surprised to see that he was that low at, down at the bottom. So if there's a if you guys are into betting, that that probably is a pretty decent live dog there if you want to parlay it with like an Adesanya or something like that, make some money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Kyler Phillips and Marcelo Rojo. I don't know a ton about Rojo. Um, Phillips has been up and coming. I, okay. I, 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 I took Phillips. Um, but you know, Bantamweight is so ultra stacked that like you got to really cl- climb the ranks there to get in the mix. At a yeah. at, at lightweight, I like this fight a lot. Bobby Green and uh, Mini Gasolum. That's what Halpress. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I wound up taking Bobby Green. Like he's yeah. on a, he's on a roll, and even the fights he's losing, they're like really close decisions, and he's really putting it all together right now. I think Halpgrass has the better uh, kind of grappling, but I think Bobby Green just tougher and and has a ton of experience and has better stand up. So I'm I'm going with the King Bobby Green in that one. What about Alex Hernandez and Vicente Luque? Not Vicente Luque, uh, the other guy. Um, who's Alex Hernandez facing? Oh, Hanada Makano. Makano, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> um, what do you think of that one? So I avoided that one on DraftKings. So I, could, I couldn't I, – I, I was too split on it. Like, Moicano, yeah. Moicano has shown flashes of greatness. Yeah. But he's lost to, like, the upper tier guys. Right. And Hernandez – I think has a ton of upside and a ton of potential and a ton of power, but yeah. he was like in over his head against Cowboy. And like, that yep. worries me because Cowboy like is on the decline. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, I'd say Moicano has more ways to win, but I'd take Hernandez because I just, I think he's more explosive in the standup. And I just think there's a better chance of him catching Moicano than what kind of, you know, catching him in something. Yeah, that kid, like, if he was actually really good, he could be a star for the UFC because he could talk really well. He's in really good shape. Like, he, he he looks like a poster boy for the UFC if he could actually start really stringing some wins together. Yeah. Yeah, he's still young. Uh, he's only yep. – uh, let me see how old he is. He is uh, – he's 29. So, yeah. that, not not young, young in the fight game, but, like, a lot 31, of people 32 is when they hit their prime. prime. That's what I was about to say. A lot of the, like, like I just wrote a whole thing about Charles Oliveira um, and his career resurgence and stuff. And when, when I was writing it, I'm just like, I had to keep in mind. I'm like, this guy's literally hitting his prime right now. Like that's yeah. so insane that he's like 30 fights into the UFC has like the most finishes in history, the most submission wins in history, all this stuff. And he's just now hitting his prime. World champion the whole deal. Like, um, so yeah, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, like that, it that that's the best years in a lot of fighters' careers. So Alexander yeah. Hernandez could could just be now kind of hitting his stride, which is pretty cool. Um, other fights, I mean, Andre Arlovsky versus uh Jared Vandera. Don't even need to know the other guy's name, because I'm going with Andre Arlovsky every damn time. So Right. I just blindly pick Arlovsky. It could be Arlovsky versus Francis Ngannou. I'd just still take Arlovsky. I don't even care. I just I, I don't I know always who he's fighting. I mean, I love Arlovsky, but I don't know who he's fighting. But I mean, at some point, it's got to fall off, right? So I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be this time or not. Dude, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, but we were saying <laughs> that about Arlovsky back when he was in Strike Force. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> When he was fighting like Anthony Rumble Johnson, WSOS, uh, yeah, exactly, like at, at heavyweight. So yeah, yeah and I, lost to him, lost uh-huh. him to heavyweight. Yeah, um, like I'll never forget him leaving the UFC as like the best heavyweight on the roster. Like I, I, I think him Sylvia was still the champion, but you know right. the consensus was still. I mean, they they had gone back and forth, but the point was, I remember him leaving and what everyone thought it was his prime to go fight Fedor. And then, yep. like, he was peace and Fedor up, and then he went for that flying knee and got flatlined. Oh, and <laughs> and then it was, like, his career was, like, over, right? Like, every like yep. every fight after that, it was, like, oh, this is the last time we're going to see Arlovsky. That was, like, Dude. over 10 years ago. <laughs> so true. And his whole, like, he would fight with his nose, like, completely on the other side, and just, like, it's like, man. And then, like, didn't, like, Sergey 
Kanatarov like give him the business in Strike Force? I remember him getting really knocked out bad in Strike Force. I don't remember who I think, it was. I think you're right, actually. Here and I was just forever. like, oh god, it is over. <laughs> like, oh man, so I'm gonna go all the way back. Yep, that was Fedor versus Silva. Um, no. That was in February of 2011, so that was 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah, that, so the, the stretch that we're talking about was, so he lost to Tim Sylvia twice in the UFC, and then he won yep. one, two, three, four, five, like five or six fights in a row to, in, in, like, leaves. He goes to yep. Affliction, UF, uh, Elite XC, and then he loses the Fedor, loses the Brett Rogers, loses the Bigfoot Silva, loses the Sergey Karakhanov, and, and yeah. like, and then comes back, and just goes on a run, goes in the UFC, beats Travis Brown, beats Bigfoot in the rematch, beats Brennan Schaub, all these guys. But I mean, geez, then he lost, he lost to Stipe, Overeem, Barnett, and Ganu and Tybura all in a row, but then Jesus. got a couple wins. And it's like, yeah. now it's just like, and, and he's won four of his last five. Yeah. I mean, there's only losses in recent years are to Jaisinger Rosenstrike, who's like <clears throat> literally just an anomaly, like just a, He's either going to knock you out or gas out. I mean, just right. one of the two. And then Tom Aspinall, who's, like, definitely one of the upper-tier current UFC heavyweight guys. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to keep rolling with – I'm going to roll with Arlovsky until he literally falls apart or just walks <laughs> away or, – or, or or just walks away to, to, to go full-time in AEW. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I hope the best for him. Let's just say that. And then uh, the last one that I'll bring up here is Roxanne Modafferi and Casey O'Neill because I think Casey O'Neill was like a heavy, heavy favorite because I, yeah, I, I she think is. I think she's undefeated. Um, she's she, ranked 15, but Rox, Roxanne is 12. So if you're just looking at rankings, Roxanne's ahead of her. But that's just because Casey O'Neill hasn't had this, the same competition. Exactly. She's she's eight and zero. She's only twenty four years old. Three and zero in the UFC, and her most recent win is a TKO on Antonina Shevchenko. So, um, and this is Roxanne's final fight. She's made that announcement. This is her retirement fight. So this is it. I didn't catch that. So that that's that's yeah. cool. You know, I've talked about her a lot in the past. Where like I, you know, I think she is the outside of CM Punk, she's the least athletic looking MMA fighter I've ever seen. <laughs> And but but also her just, record is amazing. Oh, I'm sure it's like it's probably like fifty fifty, huh? Like twenty five and twenty. Well, that's what I meant. Like yeah, feel like like half and half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's a pioneer. I mean, she she's oh, yeah. been fighting since two thousand and three professionally. It would be um, like if Shayna Baszler continued fighting, like. Who Shayna Baszler beat Roxy, I remember, right. like, forever ago. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, like, Shayna yeah. was known as, like, the big deal in female MMA, and female MMA was nothing. Like, when Shayna went to the Ultimate Fighter, she was, like, the top dog that, like, and that's why Ronda picked her and all that, and then she lost right off the bat. And so, um, but, but like, imagine if Shayna stayed in fighting the entire time. Like, that's what Roxanne did, so. Yeah. And my point about the like unathleticness was actually meant as a compliment because like she is a just she is the example of hard work in the UFC. Like she has no athleticism. Her she looks super awkward in her stand up. She's slow. Yeah. She I mean and she is just not an athlete. And right. but but she has worked so damn hard 
that she's able to outwork her, a lot of her opponents. Like the people she yeah. beats, it's almost never because she's a better fighter. It's because she has more heart and she can, and she has the conditioning to to fight a full fight. And and she's tough. And I actually, I think in DraftKings, I think I took Roxy because she was so cheap, and and O'Neill was like, you know, a, a a ton of a ton of money. So and yeah. I pull for Roxy, like, you know, I I I just think there's a lot to be said about somebody like her that. It just earned earned this level of respect in the MMA community and, and amongst her peers. And you never hear anyone say one bad word about her. And everyone always talks about how much heart she's got. And yep. um, I think it's admirable. Like, it's just a really good example of if you, even if you don't have all the physical tools or, you know, people tell you you're not good enough and all this stuff, if you put in enough hard work, you might make it. And like Roxy made it. So, yep. you know, good for her. And her, her, her nickname is happy warrior. And yeah. that's pretty much what she is. And uh, but yeah, no, this is it. This is her last fight. She's she's made that announcement. She's totally good with her decision. She's good with retiring. This is what she wanted. I'm happy that she gets to do it in front of a crowd. You know, like a big pay per view event. So good for her. And uh, so yeah, when you're when you're seeing her walk out and during the prelims, like this isn't just a normal prelim fight for her. This is this is the last fight of her career. So check it out. Yeah. Good stuff. It should be a good show. A lot of good fights on paper. Um, not the most like <coughs> stacked UFC pay-per-view we've seen. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, we're going to get some of the stuff sometimes where there's one title fight or I think next, is it next month where they're doing, um, <coughs> Colby and Masvidal non-title is the main event, I think. Um, yes. Which, so like, I mean, can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be great. And then after that, we'll start seeing it again where it's like, um, like Sterling and Yawn and um, and Zombie and uh, Volkanovski. That's all going to be on one show. They'll they'll start yeah. restacking them with multiple title fights again. Um, and right now, once again, it's like I think I think to the casual MMA fan, they look at this card and go, oh, okay, Adesanya and Whitaker, and that's like really all they'd care about. But like Lewis and Giovasa, that could be great. It could be really boring too, but it could wind up being great. Camir yeah. and Brunson is that's a that's an awesome matchup. Like that could like possibly the be a number one contender as well. Yeah, middleweight. Like they need they need those guys in the mix for sure. Yep. Um, bantamweight like Kyler Phillips, like he could be a force in the bantamweight division. And bantamweight is my second favorite division of the whole company. Yeah, and that, and that right underneath uh, featherweight. And then Bobby Green and 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 Mini Gasolum, like that's just a really good lightweight fight. And like. That it's hard. It's hard to be in those spots at lightweight because there's just so many stars in that division. But guys like this are like right on that cusp. Then you get to see you know legends like Andre Arlovsky and Roxanne Modafferi on the prelims and stuff. Like this is a some some young guns like we were talking about Alexander Hernandez and Hanada Moicano. You know in, in the early prelims. So this this is a solid show. And I'll be doing the watch along. Uh, you can join me if you want to. I don't know. If, I know you said you might be going to the show last minute, but like, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just gonna see and look up tickets on the the day of because that's when scalpers give up. So yeah, so see if I can find something. Because I mean, you tell me if mid mid seating level, like you're definitely not on the floor. You're up in a little bit risers, but you're not way up there, right? Like that's around like three hundred and thirty dollars. And then if you're gonna be like up. Towards the upper deck, that's about 220 to 245. So if 
if you really want to go, you can go, but it, it, it definitely costs you money. And so, like, when people complain about, like, why won't all the superstars come here? You don't want the superstars to come here because then that's going to be an $800 ticket. Like, it's getting close to where, like, the common people cannot go to these events unless you really want to fork over the money. Like, like you know, if you go to WrestleMania weekend, you've been saving and all that, like, you need to kind of prepare for that if you're a UFC fan to, like, have a good $500 stashed away if, like, you really want to go to the event. And that that happens in, in all sports, too, to be fair. Because, like, with, like, same way. Yeah, like, like, when I lived in Nashville, the first few years I lived there, you can go to Predators games and, like, sit up against the glass for, like, 40, 50 bucks because, like, no one was there. And then they started making the playoffs and, like, maybe the Stanley Cup and stuff. And now it's, like... Just to get in the building, you're probably paying at least fifty bucks to sit in like the the last row there, kind of yeah. thing. So like, um, but but that said, if y'all want to watch along uh, with me uh, for UFC two seventy one, I'll be live on the Fightful YouTube channel, and we'll be going live for just the main event. So it'll be Adesan and Whitaker one fight UFC Fight Night. Wow, or, no love for uh, Derek Lewis, huh? Well, I mean, I could, I could maybe jump on that. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I just don't know. It's not a title fight. We usually just do the title fights unless it's like a big five round. Um, I mean, I'll be watching the whole show either way, but. I think um, it'll get the big production and everything though, just because Derek Lewis is from Houston and like, I think it'll be a, it'll be a big fight. Be good yeah. to check out. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll throw in the co-main too, but at the very least we'll be there for, for the, the big fights for UFC 271. Um, I know it'll be me, Rob Wilkins, and I'll probably ask a couple others. I might see if Romeo wants to join again. He was really good on there uh, for the past, the, the last pay-per-view. And then Sean Ross Sapp usually jumps in too. Um, so, and then Doug, of course, if Doug's free, he'll, he'll jump on there as well. So, um, so yeah, check that out. Once again, that's youtube.com slash Fightful for Fightful Fight Night. We'll be going live for the main event and maybe the co-main event as well. There you go. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Oh, Appreciate before it. you sign oh, off, let me just give a shout-out to Unkind Esports real quick before we get out of here. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. To everyone over there at Unkind, make sure to follow them on all social media at Unkind Esports. Check out their new website, unkindesports.com. If you're a gamer, go get involved. If you play Halo especially, they're looking for Halo players. Uh, I think they might need some social media people still. Um, uh, they're doing more on Twitch soon. They're really trying to revamp everything, and, and it's been a process um, and it's, it's been really cool having those guys have our back on the show. So, uh, please, uh, go support them, follow them on all social media. Once again, at unkind esports and make sure to check out the website, unkindesports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L underscore. And you can use my code fight talk. All is one word, no spaces on independent wrestling.tv. Um, the next time y'all will see me on camera will probably be, unless I do something with Jesse in the next day or so which I, I doubt we'll do you'll probably see me next on thursday youtube.com slash fightful for the spotlight with myself and jeremy lambert it's every thursday at 2 p.m eastern everything else i got going on i'll keep updated on twitter and check out the fightful select weekender podcast there you go um you guys can follow me uh right there twitter right there and if you go above twitter right there instagram follow that posting new pictures and stuff meet and greets all my meet and greets all of steven's um some of his meet and greets and some of the stuff like you see from Terminus and things like that events that he's going to. So it's definitely stuff to look at our figures, new figures that we've gotten. Um, 
And by the way, I'm getting that Ultimate Warrior tomorrow. I'm super excited about Ultimate Warrior, the Ultimate Ultimate Warrior, um, the Ultimate Edition Warrior, and uh, that should be in the mail to that should be here to that tomorrow. Um, the Book of Boba Fett ends uh, tomorrow. That's going to be a huge finale, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, I don't know if you've watched the Pam and Tommy show on Hulu, but it is wild, and the new episode drops tonight, so I'm definitely watching that. Wait, like Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee? It is the story of how their sex tape was stolen, and it is, like, crazy. Wait, so this is all a story from, like, 20 years ago. Yes, like, Seth Rogen is the guy that stole the tape on the show, and, like, they, I mean, they show everything, and it's very heavy R, but it's, like, a total trip down memory lane. Wow. And it's literally the plot of, like, it's literally the story of how the sex tape was stolen and distributed and all that stuff. So, that's on Hulu, and the new episode drops tonight, so I'm going to watch that. Um, But, yeah. So thanks for everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Please hit that like button if you haven't. Please subscribe if you haven't. Share this out. And we'll catch you guys later.